Dear baby listener, Goat Games is produced in association with The Network. Find our show and other great podcasts at bicbp-radio.com. Also, Goat Games includes many, many spoilers for every game that we play. If you don't want the game spoiled for you, we recommend playing the game and coming back to listen to the episode afterwards. In the meantime, check out a different episode, maybe, if you feel like it. All right, on to this episode. Nice. Anybody else have any, do anything, see anything, smell anything interesting? I tried 12 different varieties of soda combined with milk to see which one was the best. Oh, which oh, one was I'm the sorry. best, Rob? Combined with milk? Yeah. Uh, cream soda was the best. Ginger ale was seems... the worst. Oh, 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 man, that does sound pretty bad. That sounds brutal. It was actually really fun. I, I uh, did it as a stream. I played Pepsi Man while we uh, Pepsi did the tier Man. list. Yeah, Pepsi Man slaps. That game rocks. Um, That's like yeah, making me fun. sick to my stomach right now. Thinking about cream, all these cream soda. I mean, if you think about like a, a root beer float, that's basically like no, you know, no, th- ice cream is precedent. not milk. Don't even, <laughs> don't <laughs> even so try close. to compare it. This all originated from this thing called Pilk, which was like a small internet <laughs> meme. Where, like, Oh no! I never want to hear the word "pilk" again. (laughs) Is that like Pepsi Pepsi milk? Yeah, Pepsi and milk, which which they were encouraging people to make Christmas holiday seasonal beverages of Pepsi and milk. And we tried it on stream, and it was actually pretty good. I'm a big Pilk fan now. Um, What kind of milk are you using? Like two percent, one percent, whole milk. I actually used oat milk for mine, but. The oh, official yeah. recipe calls for whole milk, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Rob revealed I'm lactose on my sh- intolerant, so oh, I, okay. Yeah, yeah, Rob revealed on my stream that what were the two things? Uh, he doesn't like cheese on hamburgers. Correct. And oh, yeah. um, what was the other horrible? Ta- oh, he his favorite chip is for Frito. I did which not is say ju- it was my favorite. I just said that he I said, liked. Fritos. He said he would die for Fritos, and um, <laughs> which is just the taste of corn and salt. Like he's just dry corn salt mixed with uh, mixed with the m- milk from the oat teat is Rob's favorite <laughs> snack <laughs> it's with true. Pepsi in it. Now that's what I have for <laughs> breakfast every day. It's a big bowl filled with oat milk, Pepsi, and Fritos. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Rob is like an alien spy pretending to be human living amongst us <laughs> to blend in all i'm saying is if you want to take your chili to the next level throw in a handful of fritos you're welcome Ooh. yeah that's really good that makes sense that's, that's all fritos are good for though <laughs> because it's being enhanced by actual flavor which fritos doesn't have i mean fritos also, has salt which is my favorite salt, flavor yeah. the salt is so. good yeah, I mean, I guess I'm going to be outnumbered because Q would also just happily guzzle a thing of of straight pink Himalayan salt if he could. He would. <laughs> we got drink a, it. we got a new salt lamp in our room, and every morning I'm just a little <laughs> just like eh. so good. Yeah. Really wakes you up too. It's delicious. Yeah, a part of this balanced breakfast. <laughs> um, um, that would be a wild like nineties. Got to replace the nutrients. Yeah, that'd be a wild like nineties. Um, 
uh, cereal commercial. <laughs> like, this kid, like, <laughs> parents just don't understand. <laughs> it's like a kid, like, dumping, like, a two-liter bottle of soda, Fritos, and oat milk. <laughs> like, hell yeah, mom! No, they don't say hell yeah in Nickelodeon commercials. <laughs> Maybe they do now. I don't know. They didn't when I was growing up. But And then, um, yeah, and then the kid goes out turns into a liquid frito like a like a uh, capri sun commercial mm-hmm. and goes and plays street hockey and i'd then, buy that product i know yeah i already have i've already i've already put in the um i've already so i already sent the shopping list to miranda she's out buying my um frito extreme pepsi product It's Figio, and welcome to Go Games, where we only play the best games. On Go Games, we take a look at games that are widely considered the greatest of all time and talk about them. Are they great? What makes them great? Or are they just overrated? Let's find out. I'm your host, Alan Newton. You can find me at twitch.tv backslash figgy underscore O, and I'm joined today by Q. What's up, y'all? I'm Q, aka Rap Parade. Happy to be here. That's very sen. You said that very sensually. Thank you. Um, you were not talking like that a minute ago. You definitely <laughs> just put on a voice for the introduction. Listen, but that's man, fine. They call me Cool Guy Q now, so I'm just going. No, like, they don't. Chill. No one's. Here's no the one's thing: ever is, is like if you weren't watching Q before and you heard that voice. Oh, I'm watching now. That's how he gets you in. That's true. He lures exactly. you in like he like just a quiet like you, the listener has the to. Hook. I'm gonna try to. I mean, <laughs> what did you say, Steve? I said it's the hook. Yeah, I know. The listener now is like craning their ear, like, "Ooh, what's that?" And then I come in, <laughs> and they're repelled away again. Awesome. Okay, I'm, I'm also joined today by Rob. Yeah, I'm a Rob Super Captain Rob on Twitch. I'm a variety streamer, accidental just chatter, and man who didn't rent a Donkey Kong costume because. For financial reasons, it made more sense to buy. Uh, you can catch me. <laughs> you can catch me at twitch.tv slash supercaptainrob Tuesdays through Thursdays starting at 530 Central Standard Time and Saturdays starting at 3 Central Standard Time. I'm splitting my time between entire series playthroughs of Donkey Kong, all the 3D Marios, Devil May Cry, and soon also the Metroid Prime trilogy. And I like to throw oh. in random itty- indies, hidden gems, and classics from time to time. If you want to come hang out, I would love to see you in my chat and say hi. I love Metroid Prime. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, the Metroid series in general will cover eventually. Um, yeah. I picked up I, a Wii U recently because I wanted to get it before the virtual oh. store closes because they're like shutting it down so you can't buy stuff on it anymore. So I wanted to like, <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to get it in parts that I could just have a way to play the metroid prime trilogy because i've never ported it to the switch so oh wow oh geez yeah, yeah. oh wii u i'm so sorry <laughs> oh yeah all right <laughs> my condolences excellent also i personally least to own my donkey kong costumes um you know i feel like it's the more financially wise thing to do uh but okay um steve oh i'm also joined today by steve 
Hi, I'm Steve. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Steve for cheese. Uh, I have COVID, so don't. <laughs> I can hear it. Fun don't fact. Ex- don't expe- don't <laughs> yeah. expect much from me today. Uh, like I told my viewers the other day when I streamed this game, I said, I'm going to be coughing a lot. Just get over it. Not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate you hanging in there for us. <laughs> so shut the fuck up, dear baby listener. The man's got yeah. COVID. I don't want to hear any complaints. Just deal with it, okay? If yeah. I can deal with it, you can deal with it. <laughs> That's right. I like it. I like how I, I like it when you're aggressive and mean. Um, it's what I like. Okay. And I'm also joined today by Yo, Zach. It's me, Zach. Famously on the Goat Games podcast, and most recently, uh, three weeks into an extreme relapse into my World of Warcraft addiction, please send help. Oh dear God! <laughs> hold, hold up. You you've been you've been dipping back God into what? Right, I've been dipping Dragonflight yeah, or no, Classic dra- Dragonflight. Or... <sighs> Bro, come on! I've I've been learning the ropes. I'm in PvP. I'm doing raids. All that. All that are good we, stuff. Are we, are we about I'm, to... I'm item level three ninety right now, so I'm trying to get up to the, like four twenty five. Come on. Are we about to have a collaboration off to the side? Oh my god. Oh hell are. yeah, let's go. So I feel like I'm watching. I feel like I'm watching Thelma and Louise, like when so they excited. hold hands and drive off the cliff together. Uh... <laughs> Two men about to ruin their lives and and like just enter into a dark 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 chapter my fiance walked in this morning and i was just doing like um some world quests and she was just like how long have you been awake like oh about 10 minutes and she goes did you drink water no (laughs) did you go to the bathroom no is the very what was the very first thing you did when you woke up and i was like i put on a shirt she goes what was the second thing you did and i was like i gave gave you a kiss and she goes what's the third thing I logged into World of Warcraft. <laughs> I mean, at least you were at least put on a shirt. I mean, that's pretty uh that's pretty Herculean task when you're neck deep in wow addiction. I'm not gonna lie to you, friend. The only reason that I have a shirt on is because I knew we were recording the podcast. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> a true gamer. Normally I, normally I'm in the buff when I play WoW. <laughs> <laughs> At least from the waist down, you know. You got to sit on the bucket. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. That's the second time you've made a, a bucket. <laughs> wow, bucket joke. At first it like... seemed like a joke, but he kept bringing it back up. <laughs> yeah, I think he said he had to cry for help. I yeah, think. He, he, uh, these aren't jokes. <laughs> I, I mean, did you He's... not hear where I was literally said, please send help? <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I guess it's not a subtle cry for help. It's an explicit <laughs> cry for help. Q, you've uh, ditched the sock. You've gotten a real pop filter. It's nice to hear your audio. Not sweaty, not socked. Raw, unfiltered. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, the Just pop sock raw. was the pop sock was kind of iconic, though. You know, the, the pop sock. Yeah, I mean, I, the listeners are going to be able to hear a difference. They're going to be like, "Why does Q sound?" They're going to be mad so, that they don't get the pop sock anymore. I know it sweetens audio. It's a cer- certain je ne sais quoi, je mm-hmm. ne sais sock, if you will, of of sound. What that... are you going to do if you get the audio and it actually was better with the pop sock? <laughs> He'll never say a word. Yeah, I'll never admit it to anybody. You have to fuck with the settings. Like, oh no, it was better with the socks. 
going to bottle that up deep down and die with that knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do extensive testing on microphones. I'm going to like with sock on sock off to see mm-hmm. what exact will exact frequency attenuation it did. And I'm just going to introduce that back into the signal. Um, it's going to be, you know, just what flavor did the sock bring? And I'm going to just reintegrate that into Q signal and he'll never know. Um, it did dampen this. I mean, like, I mean, okay, this is super nerdy. Probably won't, probably won't say this, but it did, it did like dampen the high frequencies, which a lot of microphones actually do naturally. Um, like they actually, Zach's microphone that he's on right now, like dampens the high frequencies. It's what makes it sound smooth. So you could say it actually did make Hugh's <laughs> voice sound better, but we'll see. We'll see. Smooth. Yeah. Um, uh, how has everybody been? Did you hear that? You wouldn't <laughs> yes. hear that if I had my pop sock on. <laughs> oh my God. That kind of frequency. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just checking. How do you... You guys have such a wide range of props just lying around. I feel like my setup is like fairly boring in comparison. <laughs> well, uh, what was that like a train whistle? What oh was no, that? it's so I save my Don't blow it again. I save my vape boxes because each one comes in a different key. I'm making like a chromatic selection of vape boxes <laughs> for something I've got planned in the future. Oh. So if the listener is watching, he literally just held up that was a cardboard box that, that you heard earlier. Um can we get can you play each one? I want to hear the I want to hear the sound of each one. Wait, is that like a deliberate play- thing? They designed their boxes to have different. No, it's just, notes. it just works like magic. And some of them, some of them don't work, and some of them do. No, that's just some. I, I want to know how you figured shit. this out too. Because he's cute. Like, that's how yeah, I I'm going to blow on this box and see what noise it makes, and compare that's it exactly to another box. Like, whoa, it's different. <laughs> Yeah, Q just like slithers around his house, just poking, prodding, <laughs> blowing into things, sniffing, just finding more into things. <laughs> wow. No, I, I, I want to hear. I don't uh, know if the see. listener, I don't know if the listener would enjoy it, but I do want to hear. I need to start um, labeling their actual key so I can. All right, so we got. That's the same thing. That's the same awful sound. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh like that wow! One, that is that different. one's real. That's it's real deep. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, right? That's incredible. Yeah, that's great, Q. That's I'm so it's such a good use of your time. Um, <laughs> Props to me. I don't know if you want to reveal this. I can take this out, but such a good u- use of your time now that you're about to be you're an expectant father soon. <laughs> Like, you could be like, you know, preparing your life for the child, but you're... I'm going to make all my out. kids' toys and instruments. Like, did you enjoy your... <laughs> I thought he was going to put his kid to sleep with the box. new whistle box this year. Yeah. Dad, I want to join the band. Can I get a trumpet? He's like one of those uh, snake controllers with the flute. <laughs> yeah, he's a Pied Piper. Oh, yeah. oh, no, 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 it's snake controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what no, they're um, called, but... but yeah. That's a charmer, right? He's gonna put the snake charmer. Yeah. Although, kid to bed uh, with the fucking... uh, Piper is a little more fitting to my aesthetic, <laughs> minus the luring of children part. Isn't that what he did? Wasn't he kind of a freak? Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> okay, he was, he was a little I... bit of a. He was a pervy, <laughs> but he, he called rats, person. didn't he? 
He did, yeah. Okay. He he, okay. he brought out the plague rat, rats out of the town, and then also the deal was he took the kids with him. <laughs> <laughs> there is, like, I've heard some ideas that that, like, story has some sort of, like, historical truth to it, but that it was more of one of those things where, from my recollection of the story, it has been a long time since I listened to the podcast on this, but it was, like, related to the Crusades where they would, like, send the kids away. And then they, like, made up that story to justify to themselves why, like, all of their kids were gone. Whoa. Um, yeah. That's a rat bastard. Dark. Pretty dark history to the, the Pied Piper story. Well, it makes sense but, because, like, it doesn't inherently teach a moral lesson. Like, yeah. You know, like, a lot of, like, like stories like that, it's like a, you know, fable. Like, like oh, like, you know, boy who cried wolf kind of thing. I mean. The Pied Piper's just, like, don't. Don't don't get pest control because they'll take your kids. Like, I mean, the lesson like, was pay no... him. That's why he took the kids, is they didn't pay him. Oh, yeah. that's right. I forgot about that. You're right. You're right. Pay Rob. Your I pest forgot control. about that. Yeah. Pay your pest control. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. Pay Bro. your pest In Germany, they called the Pied Piper Der Rattenfanger. Ooh. Ooh. Band badass. name like that is say, it sounds like a Rammstein song. Pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rat. You could, you could also. It's not too late to rebrand. Der Rattenfanger. <laughs> Der Rattenfanger. <laughs> I'll think about it. All right. Well, dear. Sweet, delicious baby listener. No, dear no, sweet no, no, baby <laughs> listener. Uh, uh, today we are discussing Donkey Kong Country. Hell yeah. Um, Rob stepped up to the plate and wrote, I know, you, I know this will be two in a row, but he does them really well. And thank you. I try I, my best. Uh, yeah. And. Uh, the rest of us were shitty. We all and, suck. We all suck. Yeah. That's no. yeah, the long and short of it. So we all suck and Rob does not. So yeah, Rob other wrote. stuff going on. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't detract from the suckingness, but I did have other things going on. <clears throat> okay. So Rob has prepared a elevator pitch for why Donkey Kong Country is great. Take it away, Rob, whenever you are ready. Developed by Rare and released on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in November of 1994, 14 years after the first Donkey Kong put Nintendo on the map, Donkey Kong Country was the first Donkey Kong game where you actually get to play as the titular ape. While it's been described as a reboot of the Donkey Kong series, I would argue that Donkey Kong Country is the first actual Donkey Kong game, at least within the context of our current idea of a DK game. In Donkey Kong Country, you play as Donkey and Diddy Kong as they pass or as they battle across 40 stages fighting the evil King K. Rule and his army of Kremlings. The gameplay consists of challenging platforming, which requires you to jump and roll precisely as you gather bananas and keep your eyes out for secrets. The stages are hard, but deliberately designed, and you can really chimpanzee the love that went into designing them. Dear Lord. <laughs> There are many, many levels which switch up the gameplay. You'll hop on top of a rhinoceros and barrel through enemies, dive into the water and try to avoid the dangers of the deep, or jump in a minecart and hold on for dear life. 
Donkey Kong Country can be incredibly challenging, to the point of frustration, but its greatest selling point keeps pulling you in and driving you forward no matter how many times you die. The soundtrack. For my money, this is hands down the best soundtrack of any SNES game, and even amongst modern games, there are very few with soundtracks I like half as much. DK Island Swing, Aquatic Ambiance, Funky's Fugue, Northern Hemispheres, Fear Factory, and the king of them all, Simeon Segway. These are certified jams that simply refuse to quit. But hey, enough monkeying around. It's time to beat our chests, let out a primal, and accidentally fall to our deaths trying to get a big bunch of bananas while we discuss whether or not Donkey Kong Country deserves the title of GOAT. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was a fantastic Donkey Kong. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Thank you. Very I've spot been on. Doing a lot of those. <laughs> I every time really I stream the Donkey character. Kong Country, yeah, I like dress up in the Donkey Kong costume. I was gonna wear it for today's recording, but then it like have. it makes a bunch of crinkling noises yeah. when you move around, and I wanted to save Figgy from having to edit around that. I appreciate so. it. No, don't, no don't save Figgy. Yeah, fuck Figgy. <laughs> yeah, fuck Figgy. <laughs> That's words to live by. Um, I do have one correction for you, though, Rob. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. This is the not chair. the first. This is not the first game where you get to play as Donkey Kong. Okay. It is a Game and Watch game called Donkey Kong Circus that came out in 1984. Well, that's the game go. we're covering. Wow. What, what game did y'all play? I've been in the chair. I, that's <laughs> we're, we're covering the uh, Game and Watch game, um, the classic with the great soundtrack. <laughs> Boop, boop. Yep. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to be a jerk. I can't. No, so good, hard. Like it's so hard when it's Rob. It's like, nah. I love Rob. I is that is that like a certified Donkey Kong game, or was it's, it like some game logo watches, under the table? No, Donkey Kong? no. Or like it was real a, Nintendo games. It, like it was a Game and Watch, which was like the precursor to Game Boy. Like yeah, because those were it was like one portable handheld, right? right that I mean, only had one game on it. Yeah, they'd right? have like one, one or two games usually, but they yeah. look like they look like a DS where they had like dual screens, like you had a top screen and a bottom screen. But they were they were no better than Tiger Electronic games. Like it's it's I was just being a pendant. <laughs> Wait, what's the like, what is the name of the game? Donkey Kong? What now? Uh, Donkey Kong Circus. Donkey Kong. I'm not. Oh, there it is. Three hundred fifty dollars on eBay on a bay. Um, on a bay. Yeah. There you go. Do you have it? Somebody you- buy it. In all fairness, a lot of my research came from uh, video game donkey videos. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> where you get just the facts, the scholar, yeah. <laughs> just facts. donkey does not mess around or tell jokes. Fair and balanced. <laughs> He had this shot that he showed in the in the N sixty four the one for the N sixty four game where it was like games where you actually get to play as Donkey Kong and it's so funny because there's like eight games that have the title Donkey Kong and then Donkey Kong Country and Donkey yeah. Kong sixty four are the only ones that are actually <laughs> highlighted. Uh, Tropical Freeze, the newer ones, but well, yeah, but that came out after the N sixty four. Oh, okay, so it, yeah, it was ones. like okay. before the N sixty four one. It was like, how many Donkey Kong games do you actually get to play as DK? Donkey Kong is more of um, an idea, like more of a more of a philosophy than an actual character. <laughs> that's true. I'm, um, I mean, you get to if you, in Donkey Konga, you get to play as Donkey Kong. True, but again, that'll be after the N sixty four ones. Yeah, you have Donkey, Donkey Konga and Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. 
Um, We're just not grasping before the, the N64 <laughs> caveat yeah. of your of your statement. <laughs> Look, I just wanted to I just wanted to bring up Donkey Konga because that game's the best. Yeah, um, that was a really good rhythm game. All right, so the visuals of Donkey Kong Country. Does anyone want to open up history? The f- what'd you say? How about we start with our history of the game? Uh, fucking A, a you're right. To start. God dang, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. Thank you. All right, Rob, you did. No, let's mix it up. We can start with visuals, <laughs> then we'll do uh, if it's a goat or not. Yeah. Then we'll go into uh, maybe the history of the game, then mechanics. <laughs> and then we'll end with sound. Yeah. And, I, and I'll just, um, and yeah, I, really, I'll just play the whole podcast backwards. Like, I'll just like, it'll, just be, like, it'll be like a, playing a record backwards, you know, like in, uh, just. Yeah, just very avant-garde. Um, I like this. It's, it's an art house piece. Yeah, we're pushing the medium forward um, and deconstructing what it means to be a podcast. Or summoning gorilla demons from hell. Either way, win-win. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone knows that Donkey Kong Country has extremely satanic overtones. I mean, that doesn't need to be even, like, spoken. Um, okay, so... Don't give Q ideas. Yeah, no. Well, I actually have something to say about the, the plot of this game. I don't know if it's going to go full-on Q spirit conspiracy level but anyway um i I like the precedent of letting the person who does the the pitch talk about their experience first um it just so rob why don't you talk about your experience with donkey kong country sure um so yeah i um didn't really play any donkey kong as a kid we had like one of the game boy games that i remember playing a little bit but it was like too hard for me as a kid so i really didn't play it that much and I'd never really played it as an adult. And um, I'd mentioned this person earlier. I'm a very, very, very big fan of the YouTuber video game Donkey, who this December did Donkey Kong December, where he did this kind of like series of videos that were a history of the Donkey Kong franchise. And the video that he did on Donkey Kong Country, like really focused on the music. And I was just like, I want to try this now. So I just picked it up randomly one day because it's, I mean, it's on the like Nintendo online thing. So I opened it up and started streaming it uh, one day because I was just feeling like it and um, kind of immediately fell in love with it. And then like, as I was going, it's a very hard game. And I was thinking I was just playing it for fun. So I, I said, like, I'm going to save state to get through this. Yes. At which point, one of my, yes. one of my viewers Welcome. immediately went and tattled on me to Figgy. That's true, yes. <laughs> I love that. Shows it. up in my stream. Welcome. And, like, by the, Figgy's, Figgy's crows have returned with information. <laughs> yeah, like, back to Isengard. <laughs> yeah. By the, by the time that stream was... By the time that stream was done, Figgy had contacted all of you on Discord, and we'd set on this as the next game we were going to cover for Goat Games. So it was like, okay, now I'm playing all of this. And since it was for Goat Games, I didn't want to save state. So I undid any save stating that I did. Um, I came very close to save state. The damage a was done. Your soul was tainted with save state. Game. No, 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 no. I, I played the whole thing without no, save state. No, you, you, you came, um, you're close enough. It's like, um, it's it, it just like a drop of the save state, of the save state wine, like poisons mm-hmm. your soul. I'm willing to admit it, it, some contamination. It's an actual deal with the devil. It literally extends your life, like your IRL minutes. I'm willing to admit some contamination. I'm just saying I beat this game the real way. It's only a matter of time, Rob. And I absolutely loved it. And 
have have like I loved it so much that I've now been playing through the other Donkey Kong games and intend to continue. So yeah, that's my whole history with it. It won't be long before you have completely given yourself over to the safe state. <laughs> if I'm playing for fun, sure, why not? I'm not going to safe state for the podcast, though. Playing for, playing for the podcast is playing for fun. I was with you masochists and be like, no, no, this can't be fun. This is work. This is business. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not fun, but I feel like there is, like, when I'm playing it for the podcast, like, it's fun, but also, like... I'm trying to have the experience of the game as it was originally designed so that I can talk about that, you know? <laughs> Look, save states, save lives, okay? I'm going to get that emblazoned on a t-shirt. It'll be the first bit of goat game merch. Save states, save lives. I, I, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense go. when you like think about it, but it feels really good to say. It's it's a it's a good t-shirt. Thank you. If you want to make it, um, I would be happy to set up a, a shirt a store for us with the oh, same is it the same person who did your porn jizz.biz paraphernalia <laughs> Wait, i mean i made that shirt i made that shirt but i have like a manufacturer that makes it for me wow <laughs> what's the what do you know uh rob what the turnaround time is on that because i ordered one of those shirts and it's still not here i don't i ordered a shirt from them a while back and it's still on the way too i know they take i think they got like really bogged down with holiday orders from what i can yeah, tell i mean i'm not but worried about it but like, biz. Yeah, I, I it. orders were just through the roof <laughs> this is really bad for the porn biz name um it's true it's true <laughs> it reflects really terribly on your on the porn brand it really does <laughs> um okay steve why don't you talk about your experience with Donkey yeah Donkey, uh, i Donkey um, country so i also got into the game a bit later um as a kid, I used to play, I don't even know if it was that game. I know there was like a Donkey Kong Country port on the Game Boy, um, but then there were like also like side games too. So I, I don't even remember which one it was. Um, I never even owned it. I used to just play it off like my friend's Game Boys in kindergarten or whatever. Um, but I did play the hell out of Donkey Kong 64 when I was a kid. Um, and I, I love that game. I know. Some people don't, but they're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I love that game too. I don't know. It was just super fun <laughs> to play as a kid. It was just, you I'm know, it, it's not a perfect it. game, like by any means. But uh, when you're a kid and it's, it's just kind of fun, you know, just to like run around and collect stuff regardless. Um, but I did, the first time I actually owned Donkey Kong Country was on, I think it was the Wii Virtual Console. Um, and I believe I beat it off of that too um i've beaten the game a couple times but and eventually i got older and i did get a super nintendo and i did beat it off of that as well um there was also a time i played the game with uh my buddy dan d twizzy from uh hey, shout out to dan. yeah we did a we did a, a co-op thing Sorry, I was going to sing Dan's accolades. Never mind. Fuck him. Oh, okay. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck him is right. I was no, going to say, um, Eat Sleep List is other podcast. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, but we, we, we did a co-op playthrough once when we were younger, and that was super fun to do. Um, 
And then me and Figgy were going to do it, but we, we, we were busy and I got COVID. And... I went, yeah, I went to South America. <laughs> you got sick. It was... Yeah, so it didn't happen. But the only reason I wanted to do it, so he wasn't, so he wouldn't still save time. state. But by the time this comes out, we, we may have done it because technically these come we, out like a month that later. That is so. true. We could still do it. So you, so you either intended or successfully played it with me. You're in like a quantum state based on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Go to the YouTube channel and find out yeah. or one of our Twitch channels. You'll, you'll, you'll know the answer of what happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, um, it's like a, it's a mystery for the listener to solve. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's my experience. I played, I beat two as well, um, off the Super Nintendo. Um, I started three on the Super Nintendo. I just never beat it just cause life, I guess. Um, but I did beat returns as well as tropical freeze on the Wii and Wii U respectively. So I've, I've played, you know, most of them. I just, I just never beat three. Uh, like I said, I got like halfway through and I just stopped. I don't know why. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty familiar with the series. Nice. Thank you, Steve. Um, I'll go. Uh, yeah, I love this game growing up. Um, I played it all the time, but I was pretty shitty at video games. So I never beat it. Um, I, beat it when i was uh in my early 20s i got on the Wii, or maybe even teenager got on the Wii virtual console fell back in love with it um beat the shit out of it uh, well that's not sure i didn't 100 it i just beat it i beat it but not the shit out of it and um and i played it on and off a couple times since then it's just a good like a, a nice like Feels like home to come back and play, and I played it again for the podcast. It's among my favorite platformers. I've played a fair bit of platformers, and it's up there. My favorite. I played Donkey Kong Country two and three, but not since I was a kid. I would actually be curious to play. I, I know a lot of people like hold them as actually being like improvements in almost every way to to one. Um, but I haven't played those since I was a little kid. Um, and yeah, it's been um, great replaying for the podcast. A lot shorter than I remember. I um, beat it on the plane ride to to South America. Uh, I mean, I think I played like maybe an, an hour beforehand, but by and large, you beat it on the plane ride. Um, it's like an eight-hour experience, which is great. Anytime you can sell me on a sub-ten-hour game as an adult, I'm super stoked about it. So, um, yeah, and I've loved it ever since. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's up there with like Super Mario World. Um, is it up there enough to be a goat? We'll find out. But um, it's among my, it's among my favorite platformers. I love that game. Um, Zach. Uh, yes. Yeah, so similar to what I said in the Super Mario World episode, I did not have a Super Nintendo uh, growing up, but this was also Sad. a game um, that I was heavily exposed to. Um, it seemed like, you know, everywhere I went. So if somebody had a Super Nintendo, like this was a game that they owned and when doing my own like research on the game, there's a good reason why it sold a shitload of copies. Uh, fun fact, it made more money in its first weekend than uh, the number one grossing film at the same time, which was Tim Whoa. Allen's classic, The Santa Claus. If anybody <laughs> wow, wanted. what yeah. a weirdly specific fact. Yeah, right. Um, but um, in the chair strikes again. Of course, if only I, Donkey I, I, Kong had murdered Santa Claus. Imagine how much money that would have made. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> thinking those two um, things came out at the same time. At the same time, makes you feel kind of old, right? Um, but uh, <laughs> always, I'm always yeah, feeling old. 
its first uh holiday season by the end of its first holiday season it sold like six million copies and you know that's basically at that point um at, at you know at that point the first year that's uh one in four chances of you going to somebody's house that has a super nintendo um you know because super nintendo didn't really sell crazy but like it did pretty well um but by the end of its run, you know, it sold almost like 10 million copies. Um, so it was like one third, like one third of people that owned a Super Nintendo in the world owned like Donkey Kong Country. So it was everywhere. Damn. Um, but like I said, I never owned one, but I everybody that I knew that had a Super Nintendo owned this game. So I got to play it there. Um, and I remember for me, I was like, yeah, the game's cool. But holy shit, this music, like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what, you know resonated with me and then um you know emulation became popular and it was a game i would play on emulators um then in college uh girl i was dating at the time was like hey i really just want to play donkey kong country how can we do that and all i had on hand was uh a wii and at that time donkey kong country was going through some rights issues and like you could get it on the european virtual console store um but you couldn't buy it in the united states um so what i did was i modded my wii and just loaded it in you know you could get um you could basically just take roms and inject them into the wii uh virtual console and they would run because that's all it was was an emulator um, so I injected, you know, Donkey Kong Country one, two, and three, and we spent like a weekend on the couch, just played through all of them. Um, and it's a game that I revisit often. Like I've noticed that, um, weirdly, like for some reason, the the women I date really love Donkey Kong Country more than Super Mario World. Like my fiance, I've on more than one occasion, I've come home and she's on my SNES Classic you know, playing uh, Donkey Kong Country, and she just, she can't even articulate why, but she's just like, I love this game, and she didn't even grow up playing games. Like, there's just something Hmm. about it that she just really likes. You heard it here first, folks. The ladies love Donkey Kong Country. Um, Yeah, um, Miranda, my wife, does not have a similar proclivity, and yet I love her anyway. Well, it's more like the the type of girl that Zach goes after likes Donkey Kong Country. It's like the oh, lowest yeah. common denominator. Mm-hmm. They all like Donkey Kong Country. That's the first question he asks. Just the only thing you put on your dating app profile is do you like Donkey, Donkey, Kong Kong Donkey Kong Country? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like politics, um, nah. Religion, nah. Tell me how you feel about our Lord and Savior Donkey Kong. That's true. <laughs> yeah, died for our bananas. Um, okay. And Q, you're the only okay. one left. Um, uh, yeah, no, I I grew up with Donkey Kong. It was it was hella awesome as a little kid. I had I had Super Mario World and then Donkey Kong Country, and I played the heck out of that game. Um, Donkey Kong Country, and then Donkey Kong Country Two. Freaking loved it. I don't even. I don't think I ever played three. Um, I went from two onto the N64 and Donkey Kong 64 was another one that I just loved. There's just, there's something about Donkey Kong as a kid. That's just so like, he's such a cool mascot. Um, he's just so cool. Mm -hmm. And you know, the games exude like, like coolness as a kid, you know, they've got an attitude 
they're just they're Diddy Kong's freaking awesome. Like he's hip. He's like they got the rap music and whatnot. So there's just something really alluring about the Donkey Kong series. But um, once again, like when I booted up the same when I booted up um, Super Mario World, I did not realize how many memories would come flooding back the moment I turned the game on, and it was the same for Donkey Kong Country because it's been it's been a hot minute since I played any of the Donkey Kongs. Um, but the moment like the, the title screen shows up and you're starting to hear the music and then see the characters running around on the first level, it's like all washing back all these memories as a child sitting on your, on the carpet playing the game. Um, so, I mean, I grew up playing a ton of it. Um, I think Steve made a really interesting note too, that I think holds very true is as a kid, I would say probably most most people, like 90% of children, it's not about – like you don't really care about beating the games. You just sit there and play them. Um, you just play them. Like I don't know if I ever yeah. even thought about or cared to beat any video games as a child. I, I would just turn it on and just start playing, and I was satisfied, and that was it. Um, so I, I know I beat the first one. I don't know if I ever beat Donkey Kong Country 2, um, but – I, I played a heck of a lot of it growing up, and it was great. There's something so I don't know. I get always get like an interesting, a weird kind of nostalgia or something when I'm playing a game that I played a lot as a kid, but didn't get very far in. And then as I when I play it when I'm older and I start to experience mm-hmm. all these new levels, it's like it's such a strange feeling of like all this was lurk was like always there and I just never mm-hmm. experienced it. It's, it's almost like it's grown up with you in some way or something. Like, yeah. cause you, you start off with these levels that are extremely familiar, like the first level of, you know, Donkey Kong or whatever, Mario, whatever it is. And then, yeah. And it's just like, Oh, there's this whole side of you. I never knew. And when you kind of get to these levels that when I was a kid, I was too bad to get to or beat. Um, it's interesting. It's like a, yeah, it's like a weird nostalgia or something. Um, yeah. Also, what remind me? Donkey Kong Country Two is with the lady monkey, Dixie. right? She, what's her name? Dixie, yeah, Dixie. Dixie Kong. Dixie, Dixie Kong. Kong, or as she's as she is referred to in the Donkey Kong Country cartoon, Dix. Is it really? No. Yep. No. I can give Shut you. Up. I have oh, real no. clips of of Donkey oh, Kong saying, no. "I'm just gonna hang out with my buddy Dix." <laughs> Interesting. Come on. That cartoon is a masterpiece. Was that cartoon made by Rare? Were they involved? It was not. It was. Um, so I've been watching it, and I pulled like a, a bunch of clips of it to use on my stream because it's really unintentionally funny. Apparently, yeah. it was made by a Canadian uh, company, actually, because like Canada has these laws about a certain amount of their programming has to be made in Canada. So they had these animation companies that would basically just like fulfill that quota. And somehow they got the licensing to Donkey Kong and just made this like kind of cursed 3D animated show, which is just (laughs) insane. Um, It's such a such a goofy experience. Yeah, it's amazing. I loved that show. It used to air on Sunday mornings. And I would get so excited sometimes if I was able to like 
find a way to to skip church so that I could sit at home and watch Donkey Kong in 3D because it was so cool. I loved watching that show as a I kid. I remember watching it too. I don't remember like where or how, but I like I, I remember watching it as a kid. Like they would sing and like stuff. Yeah, there's a musical number in almost every episode. Sometimes they yeah, had to get the crystal coconut. I remember yep. like that was like a thing mm-hmm. or something. Uh, I only saw clips of it as an adult, like in the internet, like the way Rob's using it. Um Man, I I missed this touchstone apparently, this cultural touchstone. <laughs> it was on some sort of basic TV channel cuz we didn't have cable, but I <laughs> bet your ass I watched it almost yeah. every Sunday if I could. Cuz yeah, I'd bet it was like super cheap for channels to license in the US because of like the way it was made and the purpose it was made for. So like it was probably one Haunting of those things where if you just needed to fill <laughs> some airtime, you could buy it for cheap would be my guess. But um, yeah, just patched straight in. It, it just aired on Canada's version of C-SPAN, just like their like free television. True. That you know, it's all we, it's all some of us could afford is free Canadian television. So what? And Donkey Kong Country Three, who's in it? Is it? Oh, uh, it's Dixie Kong and Kitty Kong. Yeah, Kitty Kong. Who's Kitty Kong? <laughs> he's like, like he's like Donkey baby. Kong Junior. It, he's oh, a one and done. He's not. Know. He's yeah, not like, in another game. Back after back to that, that thing about how many how many Donkey Kong games don't actually have Donkey yeah, Kong. Right. In them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it just takes place in his country. Um, his, yeah. Who is this imposter? Hold on, wait. Who is this? <laughs> this. Oh, he's like wearing a blue yeah jumps, like onesie or something. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird. What a weird. Because Donkey Kong sixty four also the Kong family is runs long and deep. True. Um, yeah. I never played three. I think I can safely say this does not look familiar I at think all. Chunky Kong from Donkey Kong sixty four is his older brother. If I remember. Oh, so there's that a, correctly. So what? I'm gonna look up the canonical Donkey Kong family tree. Hold on. Um, it's like Game of Thrones. You're gonna I'm find. Sorry. You're gonna find some wild shit in there, dude. Yeah, here we go. And I think Dixie Kong is the sister of Tiny Kong from Donkey Kong 64. Hold on. So, Cranky Kong and Wrinkly mm-hmm. Kong were married. Wrinkly Kong passed away, RIP. Gave birth to <laughs> Donkey Kong Jr., Cranky's son. Um, Was Donkey Kong. No, apparently not according to this family tree. Um, oh well, there's different family trees. I guess they've never, it's never been canonically. It's said. like so, the yeah. Zelda timeline in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at one point Donkey Kong dies, which splits the, the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> the Donkey um, continuity. Yeah, the Donkey Kong continuity. continuity. <laughs> yeah, Donkey's dating Candy. We all know that. And then his ne- Don- nephew. So Donkey's nephew is Diddy Kong, mm-hmm. whose sister is Dixie Kong. And they're dating. Oh, I thought they were. There's a Lanky Kong's a distant cousin, um, which oh makes God. sense if you kind of like. I mean, he's like you know he definitely stands out as not being. Um, and then okay, so Tiny Kong from Donkey Kong sixty four sisters with Dixie Kong, Funky Kong, is the br- oh my gosh, this is really confusing. Okay, so Kitty Kong yes confirmed is the brother of Chunky Kong, who are both the sons of Funky Kong. The oh, I father of Fun- and do- <laughs> mother of Funky Kong are indeterminate. I'm sorry, I, I, I went too deep. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll this is, but this is way more confusing than originally thought. Um, 
Rob, I don't know how much you're going to like Donkey Kong 64 because it's very reminiscent of Banjo-Kazooie, which you inexplicably mm-hmm. don't like, which is wild to me. You seem like... I I am a f- I do have like a deep fear running in me that I will play Donkey Kong 64 and not like it. Um, it is but the I biggest also, collectathon I've yeah. ever seen. It is like, way yeah. worse than Banjo. I think it is the collectathon. Yeah. It's Banjo Kazooie yeah. on steroids. The thing that I think will yeah. carry me through it is that it looks very funny unintentionally. Um ah. Like, you know, like Donkey Kong gets fired out of a barrel, but it's not like in, in country where he just like goes from one, you know, he's going like, like in <laughs> <Yeah>. terror, you <laughs> know, uh, they just made a bunch of really goofy decisions and the, the end boss fight looks so funny. I have to, yeah, it's pretty wild. I have to experience it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I am determined to play it. All right. Uh, just okay, to well, cir- to circle back, I had to see what network the cartoon aired on because it was bugging the shit out of me and it was apparently a flagship program for the family channel before it Mm. went off the air and rebranded as the fox family channel where it was also a flagship program and then it was also um, one of the flagship programs on the um, early versions of abc family which um, is now known as freeform Oh, there you go. Uh, equally, I had to look it up. Equally as confusing as the as the Donkey Kong family tree. I mean, it's um, just perfect, perfect match. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's talk about the game. Um. Does anybody else want to open the floor talking about the visuals, the way this game looks? I mean, I thought the visuals back uh, back in the day. I thought, holy shit, this is cool. You know, it's all pre rendered, but it looked like three D. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you played it on a period appropriate television, it was like, oh my god, why why does nothing else look like this? And then you know, Killer Instincts came out, and it's like, oh, there is stuff that looks like this. But um, you know, I just remember my initial impressions just being like, holy shit, the future is now in 1994. Wasn't that Killer Instinct? <laughs> what the a time same to be alive. T- team, same developers, yeah, 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 rare. Um. I'm trying to see... So it came out in 94, and then the N64 dropped in 96, right? Yeah, so there's actually a little bit of overlap um, with the uh, Super Nintendo and N64, like the tail end of the Super Nintendo's run um, and the beginning of the N64s, which is why like a lot of games that are popular in retrospect, you were like, wait, that came out when? Like Donkey Kong Country 3 came out um, two months after the Nintendo 64 mm. did, um, I ah. believe you, um, I believe Yoshi's Island, uh, came out after the N64 as well, which is kind of why it got lost. Um, if not, um, you know, I'm, I didn't look up the dates, but it came out the same year. Um, you know, like in 1996, there were, um, quite a few, um, Super Nintendo games like Kirby Superstar, um super mario rpg uh harvest moon um those all came out the same year as the n64 um so you know a lot of people probably didn't get to play them till later because it was like oh hey this is the end of uh you know you might have got an n64 as your like first console and you never had a super nintendo or it was just like the new hotness came out and you're you know a child who's just like i don't want that that's old give me give me super (laughs) mario 64 give me mario kart 64 i don't want this shit 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, you want the new system, even though the old system is still producing absolute bangers. Um, I do love. I think there's the visuals in this game. I think it's interesting to note the. Uh, it's such a. It's such a strong like aesthetic choice that they made. For but, sure. Like, when you compare when you compare it to other platformers, like um, you know, like Super Mario World, um, or even Sonic. This like I don't want to call it photorealistic. It's not quite there, but this like much more like true to life representation. I feel like of like specifically like the backgrounds and stuff. Like the jungle backgrounds kind of look like I don't yeah. know closer to like actual jungle background colors. I mean the characters, the sprites of Donkey Kong and Diddy um, and all the other ones as well. I mean they kind of pop as like cartoon more cartoonish characters, but compared to like the super saturated like contrasty primary colors of both Mario and Sonic. Like there's a pretty brave choice. I feel like to like kind of take him in this more like realistic direction. And of course, yeah, the way that the, the interplay between like 2d and 3d is just, it still holds up to this day. I feel like yep. so well, um, more so than I think a lot of like, I, I don't know. Like, cause I feel like video games did kind of hit this kind of low point shortly after this, like, like mid N64 PS1 to like early PS2 era where like 3D was like not quite not quite good enough to be like mm-hmm. to, to, to the spec of like modern like standards but then like it's not quite uh toned down enough to be like timeless and i feel like yeah. this like snuck in right under the wire for that for like sure. it's just beautiful gorgeous like slightly 3d animation that is just serves to like like it's just very unique yeah you know like like no other like no other 90s platformer look like this that i can think of i feel like it has like a lushness to it that i don't Mm -hmm. think you see in like any other game from that era Um, yeah no lushness is a really great yeah, wait, way to describe it. It just feels so tactile. Like I feel like it like touch well, everything. This yep. game kind um, of when it and then came out revolutionized as far as the 3D goes because the it was the first at least on the Nintendo system that had 3D rendered models for everything. Like they 3D hmm. rendered like it, it was never done before. Oh, really? I mean, Donkey Kong is kind of what saved Nintendo when the Sega and whatnot was coming out with more advanced tech at the time until Donkey Kong held Nintendo over until the 64 came out. But because I think in part the way they used – basically they created all the models in 3D and then from there they transferred them into a 2D format. And I was – it took me a while to figure out to like visually identify the difference of exactly what – this meant because it was a big deal back then like the graphics were were crazy crazy good and watching the animations of like because i was pulling up animation videos and just watching gameplay of like mario super mario world and donkey kong and i was i was finally able to kind of identify and see like when mario when donkey kong is moving jumping turning around he is a 3d model and same thing with the enemies and then you look at Mario oh, and yeah. it's just, you know, uh, flipping. And they, you know, flipping. they did that with yeah. not, not yeah. only that, but then like, you know, they made the background so 3D, but then the obstacles on your course, like the trees and whatnot are also like essentially 3D models, like everything popped. And they did go with that kind of more realism look, um, which you didn't 
really see in some of the other games, especially those backgrounds, which were extremely impressive. Um, but I, th- I think the, the, the way they did those 3d, um, like formatted everything into 3d models was, was very unique and new at the time. Well, and I feel like, and I might be wrong because when you just mentioned that everything was 3d, I feel like a lot of the obstacles actually like, like I'm thinking about the, the vulture specifically that throws rocks out, you know, which enemy I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I believe the, the rocks bounce over to hit you and i think when they leave the screen they bounce into the foreground like they don't like like it's almost like they're bad yeah i might just be totally making this up I'm, i don't know but I, I i'm i feel like i do remember one where they do that now that you're talking about it yeah yeah i might be totally wrong <laughs> but um but yeah this this they just nail this interplay between 2d and 3d and and it holds up so well and i feel like another advantage they have with like the increased like horsepower Again, I don't know the technical aspects of how they achieved what they achieved, um, but I feel like it allows the sprites to be so expressive compared mm-hmm. to, um, again, like I, Super Mario World is uh, the most obvious comparison. Same hardware, same, you know, same era and stuff like that. And so, like, I, I just like like the way Diddy and Donkey Kong like look at you and kind of like like their their idle animations are so fun. Like um, Donkey Kong does the you know brr, 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 like I'm I, I'm not gonna do it justice the way Rob did, uh, but like, yeah, like pounding his chest and stuff. And like Diddy will like, um, I oh I don't remember Diddy's idle animation, but like his winning animation when he tosses his hat up and winks at you, like that's so expressive compared to what they could achieve with like Mario, which yeah. Mario was great because they worked within their limitations too. They still managed to get so much across, but like they just were clearly able to kind of like all the enemies are like expressive. They make like little faces and stuff. The boss enemies mm-hmm. all are like constantly like, 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 you know, changing their expression. Um, I feel like this is the first time I feel like rareware has a specific way of doing their eyes where like their eyes are like super cartoony and like, like bulbous and stuff. If you've played rareware games, you'll know what I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, it's the first time you see that as opposed to like Mario, like the eyes are like literally just like black dots and stuff. So I I just feel like this was like such a good sweet spot of technical, technological advancement to where they could like still maintain this like whimsical kind of like cartoony Mm -hmm. element, but they could start to kind of incorporate the benefits of like, 3d animation and like being more expressive and, and being more realistic. And it's just such a good, they it's did so it so animated. well. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy that like, you know, Donkey Kong and super Mario world are on the same console. Yes. It's like, yeah. You, yeah. you look at, oh, you, you got- look at super Mario world and it's like, Oh, this is like, it was a 32 bit or whatever. Like that, you know, like that looked good. But, you know, you look at Donkey Kong and it doesn't even look like it's like 32 bit. It looks like it's just like its own separate, thing yeah like just the way it's 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 made or whatever like like you said the backgrounds are so realistic and everything like you actually feel like you're on a top of a mountain or you're in a jungle or whatever as opposed to like you know mario world looked good too but you know it's like the snow level it's just like oh it's just white now you you know but like now it's like oh my god there's snow flying everywhere and you're in the you know the mountaintops the way they're rigid and everything no, it was 16. 16. Yeah, which was 16, like, the no, point's still so fans. crazy, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah whatever, no, whatever, it's, a, right? it's a, you know, it's... Moved, I got COVID, yeah. so I'm stupid, okay? <laughs> no, 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 it's, no, your point is absolutely still, like, stands in a salient. Um, yeah. It's the same hardware, and it does not look like it's, you know, um, I mean, it just shows you what developers can do when they have time with uh, hardware. You know, you always, yeah. you always see pretty cool examples of that, like, 
The other thing you have to remember is like Super Mario World was developed in the 80s. You know, it was released yeah. in 1990, but it was developed in 88, 89. Then you have Donkey Kong Country. Um, you know, it was released in 1994, it was developed in 92, 93 ish. Uh, um, but it's just it just goes to show like as, you know, console generations go on, like this cool shit um, that developers can do um, with the hardware um, Figgy, I went back and watched all the boss fights real quick, and I think what you were picking up on, um, it wasn't the coconuts themselves dipping out into the foreground, but there are foreground elements in every single oh, boss yeah. fight um, that gives uh, like an air of 3D. Like in the um, the final boss fight, the rigging on the ship, there's some in the foreground mm-hmm. that you go behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the other boss fights, there's bananas in the foreground and it just gives it like this extra depth where it looks like you're looking, you know, into a box. Yeah. And do um, like a diorama you know, or something, you know, and it plays with your perspective, but I honestly never noticed that, uh, on the earlier boss fights till I was actually just like looking at, um, somebody else playing the game. I was like, Oh shit, there's, there's some stuff going on. Um, I notice it because I feel like my character always stops and celebrates right in front yeah. of like a banana horde, and I can't see myself like celebrating. But like, like, oh, you know, okay. like uh, like the banana hordes. It's like it's like you've got three different layers. Like there's the back banana horde, then there's where the player's playing, and then there's the foreground, and it just gives it this insane depth that you know I don't I can't think of anything off the top of my head that was like that uh i'm, I'm sure there's gonna be some obscure like pc game or sure yeah something that like nobody played but um like the influence that uh like donkey kong country had on the entire gaming industry is like it's pretty profound like there's not very many games that come out where games are made as a direct response like sega was like shit what are we gonna do now you know, because we're in the height of the Sega Nintendo fanboy wars, and they had nothing. Um, they're like, shit, we can't blast process our way out of this one, boys. Um, so, yeah. you know, like Vector Man was made as a direct response to Donkey Kong Country and used a very similar... I have uh, never very, heard of Vector Man. So that, Never heard of Vector Man? <laughs> no, uh, so that, um, a, t- a testament to who won. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so um, Vector Man is, uh, it's like a, a run and gun shooter meets Donkey Kong Country. Um, it's Ooh. actually, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It has a really banging soundtrack. Uh, it's like, it's, it's a decent game. Like anybody who listens that had a Sega Genesis will be like, oh yeah, man, I played Vector Man. It's cool. Like watch like five minutes of it on a Let's Play and you'll think it's pretty neat. Okay. But yeah, um, but like even the founders of Naughty Dog were like Donkey Kong Country is the reason we were able to make Crash Bandicoot. Wow! It sounds huh. like they they from what Q described like they it wasn't that they pushed the limits of the hardware they figured out a really really clever yeah. way to use it. Right. Like this is Which it was like, like this is very clever like how to use yeah. like it's it's taking your hardware limitations. And just being like, you know, let's let's work around it. Like, yeah. let's look, think outside the box. Let's come up with a cool way to do stuff. Like, because and that's, um, you know, limitations in gaming often lead to cool innovations. But yeah, but but like what Steve was saying, like, I think that if if super again, uh, of course, these gaming wouldn't be where it is without these games. But if Super Mario World came out today and did not come out then. It would be lauded as being very, very pretty, but it would be lauded. It, it would be kind of seen as a throwback. It would be kind yeah. of like, oh, look at these, like you know, 
this is clearly referencing like 16-bit like era and things like this. I feel like if Donkey Kong Country came out now, it wouldn't be like it would be like, oh yes, this is just what 3D games like. I, this is just like what a 2D platformer like looks like. Looks like I don't know. Like, it just it, the 3D just still feels so modern. I guess mm. it'd be higher res now, which I actually wonder if that would be a detriment. I wonder if that would actually hurt the visuals a little bit if it was higher res. It'd be a higher res, but like I feel like it would look just the same as yeah i mean i feel like a lot of modern 2d platformers if they if they don't want to do like you know hyper rendered graphics will actually push back to something that looks more like mario where it's emphasizing like the pixel art right yeah Um, and like donkey kong is just in this donkey kong is just in this really cool place where like i don't feel like there's a lot of games that look that much like it but yeah i can't really think of any like it's it's just this, its own unique style. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's like you wouldn't call it like 2.5D, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, it's because um, there's a there's a ton of 2.5D platforms. I mean, even mm-hmm. Donkey Kong Country um, has a 2.5D platformer and it's it doesn't even look like, you know, the SNES version. Um, it's just a very unique art style that I think probably would have happened eventually but i don't think anybody but rare was like you know like um they were like hey we can really take this somewhere um because i like just doing like a quick look like there were other games that did pre-rendered 3d graphics before but it was usually one element like it'd be the main character mm-hmm. on a fully 2d background or it would be um you know just certain elements like they were the only ones that were like, we're going to do the whole game. Yeah. And yeah. you know, like that, like you could like extrapolate that so far into other things. Like, you know, like imagine the influence that probably had, um, cause Donkey Kong country was very popular in Japan, which was unheard of at that time. Cause usually they'd stick to a stuff that was made in Japan. But, like, you could probably somewhere down the line be like, yeah, the reason why Final Fantasy VII has pre-rendered backgrounds, the reason why Resident Evil 1 right. had pre-rendered mm-hmm. backgrounds, like, that, that, you know, like, you can see that DNA all over the industry, and I think, like, it probably doesn't get enough credit for how influential of a game it was just on the entire industry. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, I mean, yeah, it's nothing else has been done like it before and maybe not executed as well since the other thing i want to say is and i guess this is for the game as a whole but and like rob touched on this too was like you know when you had donkey kong before this game it was just you know monkey on top of a building (laughs) or whatever throwing barrels Mm -hmm. um so the fact that they were able to you know give him character like Donkey Kong and, you know, they, they throw in Diddy too, and they got the Kremlings and the bananas and the, you know, they gave him personality and scenery and everything through the visuals. Um, they completely reimagined crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Based off of, you know, like Rob said, it's what you know as Donkey Kong today. You don't know him as how he was, you know, in the arcade game or whatever. Um, you know him as like the the goofy, muscular, you know, cool guy or whatever. Um, you know, with and not even that, but like the entire game too. Like I said, you, know, you, got, you got Diddy and the Kremlings, and you know, c- collecting the bananas and everything. That's what Donkey Kong is today. Um, 
Yeah. Which I think is really cool what they did, you know, to set the standard for, you know, like you said, re- they totally reimagined reimagined the character. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's crazy the amount of creativity going on at Rare at that time. It's like peak Rare. But this yeah. this to like Donkey Kong sixty four is like just peak Rare. Not sure I've ever seen a studio crash and burn like Rare, but that's a whole other discussion. Let's that's, not. Yeah, do that, that. that we can really get into that. But you can do we a whole episode on that. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and. Um, Transition to talking about the audio of this game. How do we feel about it, guys? Uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is one of the few non, um, or I guess what would you call it, MIDI music soundtracks I have on vinyl. Oh, yeah. No, so yeah, I honestly thought, okay, moving on to audio. Yeah, no, so I, I for reals, I might just um, scrap the entire episode and just play the soundtrack from beginning <laughs> to end. And just be like, this is why this game's a good. It's so um, good. Um, it is. Are you telling me you you guys haven't been listening to Aquatic Ambience the whole time you've been recording? The best water level <laughs> music ever made. Like, it's such a vibe. It's just yeah. nothing else. Like, it, it doesn't just sound like underwater. It sounds like what underwater like should be it sounds like the most it makes me wish i could breathe underwater more than like any other thing ever has <laughs> like <laughs> like shout out to other great like underwater mm-hmm. i mean a, a lot of times musicians uh, for games get really you know creative with the underwater levels um but like i think about like uh, uh ocarina of times water level theme which sounds completely foreboding and like mis- and like kind of like it, uh, like elicits like the um kind of like un like well, just like how unwelcoming like like deep water and scary can be but again like, this is like the in- complete antithesis to where it's like i've never this just feels like what this is what water should sound like this is i don't know i i don't have much like critical yeah, analysis yeah. like you could get into like the different tonalities they use to achieve that but i just feel like it it just is a vibe i mean i'll probably just play it underneath this entire discussion just that yeah. ambiance on repeat over and over again I mean, it is arguably the best track in the whole game. Which is saying it's not something. My favorite, it's not my favorite to hear in the game. Like, it's not my favorite to listen to. But if you just, just to listen to that track, period, it is unbelievable. It's unbelievable how, how good it is and how um, incredible of a job. Which I also, I believe that the way they implemented sound on on the SNES for this game was also a slightly revolutionary thing it to was, get this I'm, music in the console. And I'm struggling to remember w- what exactly they did. Um, maybe I'll look it up while someone else talks about the uh, other aspects of the sound of this but, game. I'm going to look that up because it is a, take it's a an interesting fact. Because there's like this really, really cool way that the instruments will like trade off and kind of talk back and forth with one another while like a track goes on. 
Um, so I'm going to guess that it was like they have it set on kind of loops. And when one loop ends, then you switch to another loop that has a different set of the instruments they can use. So that's how you like get that like talking back and forth between them. I could be wrong, but um, if that's right or wrong, I still love the way that, you know, like the songs will have like a different instrument will take over and, and control that part of the melody for a little bit. And then another one will come in. Yeah, and the, there's a, something specific from the technical aspect mm. that I'm trying to remember how they did I, it, but in um, part I think it was something about like making the MIDI files and like rendering them down and mixing them into like a basic single track. Like, hey, oh, it's Figio, um, editing in the future, and this was bugging the crap out of me because I knew that David Wise did some kind of special thing to get the sound the way he wanted it in the game and i looked it up and essentially he bypassed the snes's sample limitation of 64 kilobits with some kind of technical synthesizer stuff but used a technique called single cycle waveforms to different way of producing synthesizers that uses way less memory um but allowed him a lot more creative control over his the sounds he was making sorry that was bugging me to death so i just had to get that out of the way all right Back to the show. The the weird information from the making of this game was the the composer D- David, David Wise. David, David Wise. Wise, yeah. Basically Prolific, like by locked the way. himself into at- a chicken coop uh for like weeks at a time <laughs> to make his music. Like just by himself in this little chicken barn, just alone with like all his equipment. And just like went deep, he went deep into it to make the tracks for this game. Yeah, it's um, I mean, just the influences like you get these like obviously get the jungle influences of like the different like mm-hmm. um like jungle sounds. There's a, there is a really to me to my ears a really big jazz influence as well. Yeah, like, you just get these like really fun harmonies. Some of them, some of the songs are more straight than others. Like you know like the um the map level is pretty like it's just like fun and jaunty. You just feel like ah. That one was my favorite one, Simeon Segway. Because, like, I, you know, like, this game kicked my ass. I would die so many times. And I'd be like, you know, you'd get, like, you'd be so frustrated and have, and died. And you're just like, oh. and then it was just like, buh, 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 And you're like, I can't even be <laughs> mad at you right now. Um, Is that the, the first track? Is that the one you're talking about that you come into? The, on the one that the first plays level? in the overworld. So like between levels, the map, the okay. map one. Okay, yeah. oh, gotcha. So the original um, song for the jungle was it jungle? Not jungle japes. What is it called? Jungle. I think that one's DK Island swing. Swing. Yeah. DK Island swing. Yeah. Um, was originally a demo of uh, four di- of three or four different jungle songs that could play. And I think Nintendo. I think Nintendo told him like, "Yeah, hey, just put them all together." <laughs> so, they, so that's why, if you actually listen to that song, it sounds like three or four different songs. It's because it yeah. literally is. Like, this guy was just bursting with ideas, um, uh, 
And um, I, I, I like how in like um, the minecart ride, the minecart uh, music just evokes so much anxiety. It's like this like low tingling rumble like boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, 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 that like just makes you like on edge the entire time. And then it's like it starts like rising with these like spikes of burr, burr, burr. Like, I don't know. That was the wrong. That was the Mario in game music. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like. The soundtrack, it's just ineffable. Just this, like, what makes the soundtrack so good? Like, I honestly yeah. don't know. It just is. It's just like, uh, they just crushed it, this guy, David Wise. Um, it sets the stage perfectly for each level. Yep. Like, yeah. this, the soundtrack repeats, you know, which is good because each song is a banger. Yeah. Um, but they use the correct song mm-hmm. each level. Um, you know, like, there's, I, like, I don't even know what the songs are titled or whatever. I don't but either. I just, the I just one. The one where you're like in a cave and it's like do do do, and then it's like yeah. oh yeah, like, you know, it's, it's like a, it's got that echo, which it's like yeah. you know you're in a cave and it's call and response. You expect like the echo, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, th- it, there's just so many examples of that. You know, the water music, like you guys said, the aquatic ambience. Um, it's crazy. You know, just, the, the first level where you know you're in the jungle is like you know you're starting to ramp- the music ramps up like the more mm-hmm. you get into it or whatever. It's 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 great. There's just so much depth that I don't think any game up to this point, you know, is like uh, had anything this deep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just trying to look into the technical background, like how this was done, like I can't really find anything other than like, yeah, he did some voodoo. <laughs> and like, Rob, you're pretty, pretty much on the mark. Like the only things I could find were that, um, like to get around those um, sound sample limitations, he basically did a little bit of layering with like really simple sounds mm-hmm. and then just kind of merged it all together. Um, but like, this is a soundtrack that has an article on vice that is literally the donkey Kong country soundtrack is better than Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like uh, there's a title. Um, yeah, you know, like the, this is something. If we I had think, subtitles to you know, our episodes, that would be the <laughs> subtitle. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's just that's. I think a lot of people that still remember this game fondly, like they always key in on the music because I think it just is one of the first examples of like a video game soundtrack just really resonating with somebody on an emotional level. Like it's invoking responses uh, that we really hadn't had before, like. Yeah, you have Koji Kondo's work in Super Mario that it's like, yeah, like, this is fun. But it's like, this whole soundtrack is just a vibe. It's evocative. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, like, you, like, how many games did you ever just, like, sit there and just be like, hey, I'm just going to listen to the music? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point because, like, Koji Kondo's work, while fantastic, and it does evoke different moods, like, oh, I'm in a cave now, or whatever, 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 like, it always had this undercurrent of, like, light and fun, like, just, Mm -hmm. like, kind of, like... Yeah, and, and 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 Donkey Kong never gets like dark or sad, but like they're okay with like letting the mood be just a little bit more like adult, adult. Yeah, Edgy. that's that's yeah. the word for it. Yeah, just a little bit more mature, and 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 again, never like 
sad or foreboding or anything. I no, mean, there's like a just chillness like, to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's like a not trying to be silliness to it unless they want to be silly. Like the, the mm. Simeon Segway is straight up just like I'm having a good time. Or and when you like, go to Cranky Kong's house and they use like monkey noises as a part of the instrumentation. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, it looks like um, the whole the whole soundtrack was composed on a uh, on a synthesizer. So you know it makes sense. You could pre-program all those sounds yep. and like a sampler, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and just sample the shit out of it. Um, but uh, yeah, David Weiss is still working in the industry today. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Um, well, he did yeah, um, Tropical he, Freeze he did as tropical well. Freeze, yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, and uh, most recently, he um, did Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart. Nice. Oh, I'm playing that now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you're finally playing your PS5. How are you? <laughs> Wait, no. I am. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's what COVID does when you're out for two weeks. It's like, yeah. well, I might as well start cranking through these games here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But another thing, you like when you were saying, like, you know, the, the soundtrack is more like adult or whatever, uh, I just wanted to say, like, that's kind of it's kind of cool because it's like you're in the fucking jungle. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this, this yeah. is not like, you know, it's not supposed to be like a, a happy place or yeah. whatever, you know, it's, it's like, right. you're, you're in the donkey Kong country now. Like, <laughs> Welcome to the jungle, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's kind of cool the way, you know, they do incorporate like that kind of adultness to it. Yeah, for like sure, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like a kid's movie, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like yeah. how, like, you know, like Disney movies at the time, the soundtrack's bright, like you could compare it. You want the jungle. You could compare it to the Lion King. Like they're the music in the Lion King mo- for the most part is really upbeat and mm-hmm. it's designed to, you know, make you feel, you know, happy and excited. Um, and then you have this and it's just, it just makes you kind of introspective. Yeah. You know, you just yeah. sit there and you're just like, wow. Like, um, I've seen all kinds of comments on the music where people will be like, yeah, I, I put the soundtrack on to study mm-hmm. like this, this just, you know, this is, it's my happy place. It calms me down. It you almost know, helps. This... Go ahead. Piggy. I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, you go ahead. You no, f- you're fine. I was, I was done. So it just, yeah, it just kind of helps pull you into like a, almost mm-hmm. like a, uh, and this word is kind of like a buzzword and it's kind of stupid, but like almost like a flow state. Like you just kind of like, mm-hmm turn off like the section of your brain that like it's like there's nothing but you in the game it just kind of pulls you in and steve it's such a good point that it matches the visuals really well because yeah it's not just it's they the whole game walks the line between obviously it's silly because you're playing a monkey jumping around but they still manage to walk the line between like being fun and lighthearted but just still this like let just extra level of maturity this extra level of realism this extra level of like depth that you know aesthetically a lot of other games in a genre just didn't really achieve and both the visuals and the audio kind of like bring it there i feel like yeah like i like what zach said like oh you know the lion king is kind of like more upbeat and happy but it's like donkey kong country it's like no you're in the fucking jungle it's raining it's like, dangerous <laughs> yeah it's dangerous like, it's, dangerous. it's dark dangerous yeah. around the corner everywhere yeah but it, it but you know it doesn't you know crank that up super much it's just you know it's just that little hint of it that's, yeah that's yeah, what it's makes not it like the action scene it's like the tension before it yeah, yeah exactly. the whole time mm-hmm. um but yeah. like i just i love that you can tell that like when Rare was developing this game, every single aspect, they're like, we are not cutting a corner. It doesn't matter. Visuals, gameplay, 
music like we are all in on this like this is it like we are not going to cheap out on any aspect because you know like you get games where it's like oh yeah these visuals are great but the story sucks or oh yeah you know this music's cool but the game does isn't fun to play it's like this is just a solid game all in every aspect of it being a game yeah the other thing about the soundtrack is like it's really good in this game but it's also really good in two and three as well like they just, same composer um, yeah exactly they just nailed it on every game they did which is impressive and uh, like I, i'm definitely one of those people i mentioned this on my stream yesterday or whatever i streamed two days ago whatever um that like I, i'll throw this on while working like the donkey kong totally. country soundtrack yeah. for the original like, trilogy uh, it's, it's weird just, they didn't bring him in for good. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm so sorry. I'm no, you're, no, you're I was very done. bad I was at done. that. I'm trying to be better, especially on the podcast, but in general. It's weird they didn't bring on <laughs> David Wise for Banjo Kazooie. I'm looking at his discard his work and he's not there. Yeah, Grant so, um, yeah, that guy. was Grant Kirk uh Grant Kirkhope, who's also pretty prolific um as far as um game composers. It's just the really like the reason for that is just because they had multiple teams, so they were using um two composers it's not like uh you know it's not like he wasn't at rare um and they actually collaborated um together um i don't i can't think of any specific games but like they uh that during that time but like when ukulele came out when which was trying to be like the revival of the collectathon um you know they collaborated pretty heavily um on that together um but you know uh like grant kirkhope like he was doing the uh handheld games and then he switched to goldeneye and then for banjo kazooie um i have no idea why they wouldn't go to david weiss other than um just bandwidth yeah who um, knows? but it's not like there was like a falling out and this dude was fired and replaced oh, yeah. like he came on to you do know, like it's just, nuts and bolts he did other stuff for rare but for some yeah. reason was just not in um banjo um and uh, go ahead oh no i was just gonna say it's probably just boils down to um like when banjo kazooie was going on um it could just be that grant kirkhope had a better grasp of the n64 uh hardware um because like like looking at his disco david wise's discography it looks like the only n64 game he did was diddy kong racing Hmm. so um who knows but um you know the banjo kazooie soundtrack is also legendary um i, love it. I have a sign i have a signed copy by uh grant kirkhope oh, that's, that's so awesome possession. that's cool that's amazing um okay um i think that covers sound anything else anyone wants to say about the sound? all the diegetic sounds of like of all the collecting things is very satisfying yep um, you know it's very great but i feel like the the focus of the song was the soundtrack um, yeah just absolutely bananas no pun intended um <laughs> it was just very good Full pun intended the yeah. final boss is really good too yes that boom 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 that one's so funny because you started mm-hmm. off and it sounds like just like a, you're like this is just a goofy ass pirate song and then yeah. then it like starts yeah. going hard Chicks on in. you yeah The soundtrack, they had no business going this hard on, on the yeah. soundtrack, but they, they really did. Yeah. 
All right, so moving on to gameplay. Um, how do we feel about the gameplay, gang? Gameplay, gang. How do we feel about the gameplay, y'all? Um, I think it's great. You know, it's very tight. Um, you know, reminiscent reminiscent of the uh, of the era where platforming controls are super tight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I uh, some of the hitboxes may feel a little wonky at times, but overall, I think it's uh, the gameplay is fun. Yeah. You know, it's a game that I keep playing, so I obviously like the gameplay. Um, it's a game that I think stands up because, you know, there's a lot of games where it's like, oh, you had to be you had to be there. Like if you go back, like go check some of the Reddit threads on the GoldenEye re-release. People are playing one level and quitting because they're like, yeah. nah, these controls are garbage. This is a, <laughs> oh, GoldenEye you know, is um, rough today. <laughs> But, uh, you know, this is a game where people are still like, nah, man, pick up Donkey Kong Country. It's fun. Like, it's a game where people are like, I, do, you, do you have any suggestions for something that's like Donkey Kong Country? Um, you know, just overall, I think it's a fun game to play. And I, don't, I don't know what else I could say other than, you know. Holds um, up with time, too. It yep. has a lot I, of, like, don't... really cool nuances to it as well in things like... You know, like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I've played any other platformer. I guess Sonic. I guess you can roll, but like the roll in Donkey Kong is very different. You can like roll and use the momentum from that, or you can mm-hmm. like jump, cancel a roll so that you have the like faster walking while holding down the button, but don't accidentally roll off the platform like I did three billion times. Um, there's just a lot of cool things you can do with a very simple set of powers that they gave you yeah Um, and plus you know um being able to switch on the fly between donkey and diddy so that you know you could play how you wanted to play and both characters being perfectly viable Mm -hmm. you can play the whole game as one the whole game as the other um there's no the differences between them are pretty subtle though (laughs) i remember i mean you got the there's like some things i had to like i had to like ask chat to be like hey can you guys help me figure out what the differences between these I, I think they're just i think they're just subtle enough i feel like like yeah. It, 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 yeah. i i really like how it just slightly tweaks gameplay <laughs> without having to completely reinvent it um, sure so donkey kong I, so i didn't realize how much more powerful donkey is with a, most of the enemies until yeah. like i was like kind of halfway through this playthrough but I, I was just defaulting to diddy all the time that i kept mm-hmm. di- there was one point in particular where there was like one of those fat Kremlins and yep. I kept bouncing off at like a jump and I was like, well, how do I deal with this? And I was like, oh, well, Donkey can just handle it. And yeah. um, I don't know. I, I appreciate that they mm-hmm. gave you a subtle difference without you completely reinventing sure. it. Um, I, I, I guess if they had made a, com- I mean, if you want to completely reinvent the mechanics, well, you know, just wait till you get to Donkey Kong 64 <laughs> where there's like six different, completely different <laughs> styles of play. Yeah. Um, it's overwhelming. But, um, and the, that different style that gives you access to the, the best hack in the game, which I found out recently. Oh, what is that? With, which is uh, yeah, that was crazy. Level. What the heck, dude? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see what y'all were talking about in chat. I saw that in the one level there. It's it's like the one ruin level, and at the start there is this big Kremlin guy. So you have to yep. like trigger him to get on the screen, and you have to be Diddy Kong because he can't kill him. So you trigger him to get on the screen and then you walk him back to the start, which is only like a couple steps. And there's like this ramp uh-huh. at the start of the level. So you have to jump on the ramp as the Kremlin is walking by. And then you get stuck between the ramp and the Kremlin. 
Okay. And you get extra lives in that game by jumping on enemies. And if you're Diddy Kong, you can't kill them. So you're stuck <laughs> jumping on this oh. Kremlin. So you just rake up lives and it goes to 99, but then <laughs> it, it, it actually counts past 99. It just doesn't show it. So I had like 150 lives when I streamed it the other day. And, and so you're okay with it. that. But you are not okay with safe states. I just want to just clarify I mean, it, well, that. Well, that to, is... Yeah, well, I'll, I'll clarify that because it's in the game. <laughs> a, if you look at the uh, Super Mario World, when we did that, there's that one yep. cheating level where everyone just rakes up lives like mm-hmm. that. So that's no different. I'm just saying you guys are lying to yourselves if you feel like you're playing no, fair. No, you guys it's are part just, of the game. No, you, you, you guys are it's just part of the game. Here's whatever. Well, it's part of the game. I'll I'm not your priest, but difference. you guys need to need to figure that and figure out yourselves uh, because. I, what Steve was saying about that being originally in the game, I guess the question is, are we reviewing the current version of it or are we rever- reviewing the version of it that's as close to what you could have played if you were a kid living in 1994 when this came out? Whatever you your know? heart tells you to do. I'm not going to impose any restrictions. <laughs> I just know that I'm going I'm going to do what makes me enjoy the game the most, which, by the way, I will say not because of any bullying that I have received on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I did happen to not play this game with any save states. I did beat it the pure way, and I didn't exploit this this game breaking mechanic that Steve has found. I did it the way God intended. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, I have played this game like three, four times, and each time I've done it legitimately. Okay, sure. Uh, I'm just kidding. The, the other it, it, day, it hurts, doesn't I, it? It sucks when people try to delegitimize your achievements, huh? It sucks when people. No, try to- <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I. Uh, I streamed the, the game in one day because I've barely been streaming this month because I'm dying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so I had some desperate times caused for desperate measures, and I did the little uh, the, the little in-game hack, uh, and I sure. ended up beating it in one day, so it was, it was worth it. I mean, so I, I did beat this game without save states, but I do feel like this game is actually secretly more generous with save states than it actually lets on because if you use the... Um, the save barrel. This so there's the save barrel, mm-hmm. but those save barrels are often pretty deep into like because you can't exit out of a world once you're in. Yeah. Um. So what you but you find Funky. Yeah, but Funky Kong is the actual safe state, and usually he's only one or two levels in, and you just use him to yeah. to to fly over to the first level, save mm-hmm. there, beat the beaver boss again. I murdered that beaver so many get... fucking times. I just that poor beaver, like I just yeah. kept showing back. I'd be like, "It's time again, motherfucker!" And the beaver you like, can no, just please. take Funky Kong back out of the first area. You don't have to murder the beaver again. Yeah. Wait, what? There's a Funky Kong in the first area. <laughs> You oh, can take well, I just prefer to, to, to kill. Okay, <laughs> okay, I see enough. what you're saying. I, I okay, but I did take a certain <laughs> amount of like pleasure and joy, and maybe even like sexual satisfaction out of destroying that beaver over and over again. Oh, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> I might have to take that out. But uh, <laughs> they, yeah, because yeah. that, that that is like a, a like a you know secret safe state. Which, yeah. Everybody uses because it's just like the game is difficult. Yeah. It's a difficult game. Yeah. I wish I knew about this little trick. T- That's that is so much less complicated than the bullshit I had well, to go what through. What else did you think Funky Kong was for? I mean, like, there's no reason to go back to another. There's no reason to exit. Yeah, to go find more secrets. I mean, I guess. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess technically, yeah. So if you, if you're I, doing clean I up used at the him end, to just. Go, I never thought about getting him to fly back. Mm-hmm. I, I had to suffer through. You know, the minimal lives I had and when I would be halfway through the damn snow mountain. Oh, that level. And finally run out of lives, like right at the end before I got to candy. 
I'd have to start like two rounds back at the last save well, and state. That Snowman um, one, even to get to Funky Kong, you got to beat like what was it, like four or five levels. Yeah, and it's that was the point in the game where like I did a whole stream just trying to get through that section and got to the end, and it was like I don't know, guys. I think maybe I have to save state here because that like. It's it was definitely the hardest yeah. area, I think, in the I, game. I felt a shiver run through my body when you said that. I felt like, <laughs> like I just, I felt it. Like, well, like to be fair, when you're streaming mm-hmm. too and you're trying to keep it's, people entertained, yeah. it's kind of like you know, I, uh, you know, yeah, I play, bit. I play literally probably maybe if I'm lucky, half as good at games when I'm streaming. Like, I don't even like process the game. Like, I, I play them for, I play the podcast games that we're playing on the podcast on stream in case anybody ever wants to see them. But I never play the entire game on stream because. I just don't absorb the game when I'm streaming yeah, personally, yeah. Um, and I don't play as well. It takes me like four times as long to do like a task um, mm-hmm. when I'm streaming. Mm-hmm. Some people don't do that. Some people like are super great. I mean, that's their whole shtick on stream is that they're good at games or whatever. But yeah, that's not. I me. think those people like tend to be less engaged with their chat though, and like you're a fairly chatty yeah. streamer, so like you have to pick which one you're going to focus on. And if you're focusing on your audience interaction, then like of course right. the gameplay is going to be harder. Yeah. Um, so other aspects of the game play that I really enjoyed, um, the bonus rooms are always, I, I, I love the bonus rooms. Like it, the reward is just more lives, mm-hmm. which actually are fairly precious in this game as we've kind of already talked mm-hmm. about, but, uh, I love getting the, the, the bonus levels. My favorite one was Rambi. Whenever I get the rhino, the Rambi, the rhino, uh, yes, the bonus level. he's my favorite. Oh. They look like little cheese nips or something that you're eating up. <laughs> it looks so good. Like little chunky cheddar cheese balls. Delicious. Um, no, I loved um I loved the animal companions. Yes. Like I thought yeah. that was that was so much fun. Like they just they were all fun. Every time you get one, you're like, oh fuck yeah, here we go. There's such fun yeah. level ups. Like other games have power ups, like Mario has mushrooms, but there's something so fun about like, oh fuck yeah, I got my ostrich now. <laughs> I'm just gonna fly over mm. the whole fucking level. There's just something because it, it, it mm-hmm. isn't just a power-up, it feels like companionship. It's like your level up is a friend, and that just mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. such a good feeling. And um the and fish just, on, when you're in the underwater levels, like that's oh yeah. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. You put some respect on On Guard's name, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, yeah. The the swordfish is borderline essential for the water level. I think he's in every single water level. I think they just know that like it's like a different he's game. Hidden. But I think he's in there, yeah. Yeah, I think he is. Um, whereas, like, some of them I barely saw. Like, the frog, I think, only got once in one of the cave levels. I mean, he probably is elsewhere. I just didn't get him. But, um, yeah, he's in the treetops. I got him I twice. Some of the mines. Uh, when I streamed it the other day. Yeah. Um, but the game just does just such a fun job of mixing up gameplay. Like, it's a yeah. different kind of philosophy. Like, I feel like Mario... It, does it philosoph- uh, game design philosophy did a lot less with actually changing Mario or changing what was happening. They would occasionally Mm -hmm. like, oh, now you're on a fence and like you punched the bad guys or whatever. But by and large, it's really just how much can we get out of Mario and like two or three power ups or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like in this one, it's like, just when you're getting used to the gameplay, it's like, now you're in a minecart. you know, like, like, oh, oh, okay. It's, this is a totally different like gameplay. 
or or like oh now you know like there's the one with the elevator we had to keep getting gas for it and that just they just do that once and mm-hmm. just like oh okay this is a totally different thing there's the one episode with the light the episode one level where the lights just turn off and stuff yeah. like they just keep throwing these different ways of playing at you that are completely unique and just constantly keep you on your toes um it's almost like the opposite of mario which it's like how much can we refine this one mechanic where, as opposed to this mm-hmm. which is like throwing spaghetti at the wall like okay now you can't see how do you deal with that like okay like now there's a red light green light aspect how do you deal with that just one level though um it's just a fun design philosophy it's like almost the opposite of a lot of other nintendo game design yeah. philosophies yeah. well and i in that regard i think you know i don't think the the mechanics are quite as solid and refined and honed as like mario mm. which is all of like everything about mario is the precision the pixel perfect and like it, it yeah it's it's pixel perfect i i don't think donkey kong country quite lives up to that but where it makes up for it is in the unique variety of of ways to play the game and it really is like all the different types of levels they throw you through are just so much fun and then the different ways you can play like the subtle differences between diddy and donkey are like basically different ways that you can play the game depending on which one you choose to be using because you know diddy is a lot faster he can jump farther donkey kong can just brute force through and then you have the rolling mechanic where if you hit somebody then it continues your roll and you speed up so you can you can be going sonic levels, like sonic speeds through levels if you time things right between rolls, jumps, swings, and like it's just so cool on on different approaches and how you can play it. It's and then not to mention the you know, the, the where they shake things up with the minecart, which is such a unique one of the most fun levels. Yeah. Next to that, then you've got like barrel mechanics. Where, I yeah. mean, the snow level is awful, oh, that level, but, but that barrel fun. level is intense. Mm-hmm. Like, you bring in the music. Mm-hmm. You bring in the horrible, horrible blizzard yep. where you can't it's, see. Ugh. It's like the music is putting you in this, like, super intense mood where you're on pins and needles. And then it's just precision on, you know, launching out of barrel to barrel to barrel to barrel, like, at the right moment. It's it's very unique, and it's so cool. Like, they they nailed that. I loved it. Yeah. I could not get through that level for the life of me. It's that, tough. That, I, I was on that level for like 30 minutes. It was I the hardest point. Said, it was the hard one. It's where the is the shortcut? Because I knew there was a shortcut somewhere. I could not remember where it was. That, that level was my Roy's castle. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah, no, so the first time... I spent time, so much time on that level. I beat it. So the first time I played that level, this playthrough, I found the uh, the secret on accident. Like, I was like, oh, shit, yes! Yeah, same. And I was awesome. Same. And then I died. I had to go back and play it again and could not rem- remember where the secret was. <laughs> and I like fucking like, I, yeah, I had to beat it. I had to be normal style and it drove me. Cr- I was like losing my mind on the plane. Like I had to like keep my composure like on this like six hour flight. Was, like, Fuck, God dang it. <laughs> like, like, on, like everyone's trying to sleep on the plane and I'm over here like with the, like the white glow of the screen illuminating my like face as I slowly lose sanity. Um, <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was a, that's the yeah, hardest. Usually, I find. I was gonna say sorry. No. I, usually, I find it on accident too, uh, but I could not find it for the life of me. So eventually, I just started like taking barrels and just like shooting down and dying because it's just like I don't remember where this stupid thing is. And so it was like a, a mixture of like, well, do I keep like 
giving it a good try or do I just like look like an idiot on stream? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I remember I found it by accident myself. too and then just ended up getting like so tired of trying to find it again. I just like looked up a YouTube video on I looked stream it up, of like yeah. how I to looked do it. it up. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't I couldn't take it any longer. Like I said, I was like on that level. I was on that level for like almost a half hour. Mm-hmm. It took me like two and a half hours to beat that game and that ha- that like 30 minutes of it was like that level alone. It yeah, be- me nuts. Beating it on a plane was like, it kind of brought me back to like the way the game used to be played because I didn't have the resources of the internet. I had mm-hmm. to just deal. I had to just like figure stuff out. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I felt deprived, but, <laughs> um, any other aspects of the gameplay we want to mention? I do. Oh, one thing I do want to just kind of agree with Q. Um, I know I was singing the praises of this game, but I'm very easily swayed. And I do agree with Q that the, um, there were times where like the jump didn't feel quite as yeah mm-hmm. pixel perfect. Like in particular, like some of the platforms. I think I think because they made the platforms so lifelike. I remember thinking specifically about some of the trees. Yeah. Um, because they tried to make them 3D and kind of like more lifelike. There were times where I I do remember thinking like I should have made that jump and like I just wasn't quite at where the threshold of like getting onto a jump was. Um, yep. But I do think that sacrifice was worth it for just the fantastic aesthetic. I mean Mario, it's like. Everything is just a perfect square or cube mm-hmm. or whatever, so it's very, very obvious. And your character model is so small, and like it's very obvious. Like this is where things end and begin. And so I feel like you had to sacrifice a little bit of that for the aesthetic. Yeah. But for me, it rarely got in the way of me enjoying the game. Um, but it, it was there. Q did bring up a good point of that. It just was not quite as precise as uh, Mario. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, I I have a couple things I want to say. Uh, hit us. The I like in the underwater levels how you don't have to worry about air. Oh that yeah, was kind of for sure. That Sonic. was something I realized. Um, my chat was talking about it, like, oh, it's kind of funny how you don't have to get air. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that actually because you just have to worry about getting through it. You know, you don't have to worry about like, oh, I gotta get air too and stuff like that. Yeah, um, underwater levels are bad enough in every yeah, game ever exactly. invented. Yeah, exactly. So. And, and you know, <laughs> you got the music with it too, air. so it's kind of like that calming music. So mm-hmm. you, there's not, you know, compared to fucking Sonic. Yeah, you're about to drown and you're literally about to have a heart attack in real life because the music's cranking up and it's just like, I got to find the air barrel. Saying, the, the Sonic music might be the most anxiety inducing music ever put in video games. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. I'm so mad at them. Side note, I'm so mad at them for not the spoiler for the Sonic 2 movie. There's a part where he's drowning and they don't play the music. I was so mad about that. That's insane. I was so mad that's about dumb. that. That's I know, right? I'd be pissed. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is um, the tag mechanic uh, mm-hmm. with with the game. Uh, I guess you can uh, throw in co-op too. I really like the way the co-op is done in this game where one person is in control and then if they get hit, you're tagging into the next guy and the other guy has to just find the, the, the help barrel or whatever um, or beat the level. Um, I think that's a really cool way to do it. Um, it kind of gives each player their moment mm-hmm. to, you know, to shine a little bit. Um, I don't know. Something yeah, no. I thought it was worth mentioning. It is. It's great. Yeah. And it's a um, it's a fun way of like... It also, like, if if a part's too hard, like, you're playing with, like, a little brother or something, you can just, like, tag him in. Like, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, like, fun, like, a mm-hmm. cute way of, like... The only thing is, is it's a, it's a little um, finicky, because it's, like, if, if like, your partner dies, I believe you lose a life. 
Oh, that is bad. I th- I think I could be wrong on that. I don't think I you don't lose remember. a life. Let's play some call. No, like, we'll, we'll figure it out. I mean, after the yeah, episode. We'll so, but well, I, I, well, I love we'll, we'll do the ninety nine life cheat. And <laughs> <laughs> you use your ninety nine life cheat, and I'll save state in between the two of us. It will be an unstoppable force. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, any other thoughts about the gameplay, gang? Did anyone ever have places where you felt like you didn't have fair warning about stuff that was coming up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bullshit. I mean, I I think I feel like they did that mm-hmm. by design on making th- with the idea that Learn you the levels to Learn get levels, good at this yeah. game, you need to know what's coming up. Uh, but it was yeah. very frustrating. Yeah, it it, it was a little frustrating mm-hmm. it, it, for sure. I mean, it could they could have they should have probably been a little bit more fair with telegraphing things. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like the camera's like zoomed in too much or something at times. Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice if they had had an option to kind of like I've seen this in games before. Um, good point bringing up the camera specifically, where like if you squat, it'll like go down or like maybe like ways to like pan to the left or right would have been nicer that way. That way, if you miss it, it is your fault because there were times where like yeah, you're just this this enemy just wasn't visible and now I'm like locked into hitting this enemy. Um, yeah, which I remember I, there was a there was oh go ahead, sorry. I guess there's like for me that really compounded with the issue of there being places where you might have to beat like three to five stages in a row before you can get to Funky Kong or Candy Kong. So you have to beat like all three to five of those in a row. And like, you know, when you're down on your last one or two lives and then get one of those mm-hmm. bullshit deaths. It's just yeah. really crushing. <laughs> yeah. Probably a, just generally you could chalk that up to just being a flaw. Although it does kind of go back to what we've talked about in mm-hmm. other episodes. I remember specifically talking about this in the Mario episode about how games used to be designed to last. Yeah. You know, like we we True. beat it. Some of us here beat it in two or three hours. I beat it in like seven or eight or something like that. But this game was designed to be like you paid a f- you paid the equivalent of what you'd pay for for Elden Ring now for this game. So it's <laughs> like, you know, you sh- this game – these. But, you know, using frustrating aspects to extend pad the length is arguably mm-hmm. not the way to go. But I do think that there was just there was, more of a tolerance for bullshit back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've just gotten so it used to having, like... It did feel very satisfying when you finally managed to, like, remember all of the horse shit and beat the level. <laughs> um, which I guess, like, is the the flip side of that is is the the frustrating difficulty does make it feel rewarding when you get through it. But... Yeah, I think as long as the game gives you the ability to handle the obstacle mm-hmm. once you know it's there. I get really frustrated when games throw shit that, like, actually, spoiler alert for the next episode, there's an aspect in the game I'm playing now, um, Resident Evil Remake. Um, there's a segment that I feel like is straight up, like, unfair. And this isn't a remake. This is a modern game that I feel like is, like, unfair for how you have mm-hmm. to deal with it. I, I won't. We'll talk about it next episode. But as long as it gives me the tools to handle it. I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, if I, at that point, it becomes on like, if it's your last life and it's the first time you encounter it and you die, like, that's insanely frustrating. But yeah. After your first life, it's kind of like the game kind of is kind of like, it's on you, bud. It's like, how good are you at remembering? I don't know. It's, it's just kind of a different kind of like a philosophy, but it was frustrating when it would happen. It was, did kind of feel like bullshit. I'm trying to spin it, but it probably is just a flaw. Um, well, I was just saying, there's one level where like, I think it was like the one where like you're on an elevator or there's like elevators mm-hmm. like yeah. stuff like going up and down and I went flying off a cliff just cuz I was being an idiot 
And I was like, oh, fuck. So then I like, I, I, as I'm flying off the cliff, I go backwards to like hug the cliff. And I, I land, and there's there's the end there, the letter N. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I meant to do that. <laughs> I'm a genius. <laughs> then I just jumped on the elevator like, oh, I, I had no idea that was there. Because it was so far yeah. down, too. It's like, how, do, mm. how are people supposed to I know mean, again, like, they're trying to pad out length because some of the hidden secrets are just like, you can't mm-hmm. find this unless you're just like dying at every pit to like check for a barrel or or, or an N or a K or whatever. Like, um, yeah. Which... Like it today's is cool, game, though. I like don't... the secrets are really yeah. When fun you found one, you felt so. And good. sometimes you can find little tells for them where you'll like see a thing and you're like, "Why is there a Kremlin in this exact spot? What happens yeah. if I bounce off his head and get the high bounce? You know." Yeah. But or sometimes they'll put a single little banana yeah. somewhere to indicate there's like yeah. you know one banana down at the bottom where you should fall to your death you're like hmm wonder why that's there you jump straight down and you hit a barrel or it'll yeah. be a dark souls um, banana to trick you into killing yourself <laughs> dark but, souls banana <laughs> ba- banana i don't souls. know if i would i don't know if i Sign fully agree or Sign. think that it's that the some of those frustrations with things off screen and you have to memorize mm-hmm. them i don't know if i would really call that a flaw because I feel like so many aspects of this game with the, the the way the mechanics are with the difference between Kong and Diddy and the rolling and you can, you know, roll off a ledge, jump and, you know, to get things. I feel like it's designed to be like to be speed run, like the faster you can move through a level without being inhibited and stopped is really, really, really fun. And the satisfaction that I got, there were a couple levels that I just played like 20 times just because they were fun. Like I wasn't dying. I was just like, I was like, it was getting more and more fun as I was learning what was coming up next. And I was trying to see how fast and how smooth I could get through a level. Like one of them was one of the cave levels and, you know, going as fast as you can jumping and then starting your Diddy Kong's uh, cartwheel roll before I knew that there were about to be three snakes on screen popping out of a barrel and then you hit those like in a smooth movement, your speed increases like twofold and then jumping like just perfectly hitting like uh, 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 one of the little beavers and then bouncing like three times and then like hitting a rope swing and then flying off. Like it was so much fun once you can anticipate what's coming after you and not stop for a second and just perfectly nail all the jumps and rolls it was so satisfying so i i don't know if it's really a flaw it's before you can learn them it's extremely frustrating but i feel like when you get to the other side of that hill it makes the game like it's a whole new game to try to tackle yeah i mean it's just like it's a different philosophy of like learning the game is part of the joy in this game as opposed to like kind of like cranking that in one go which is kind of like how we most people think about games now which is i should be able to approach this for the very first time and there'd be no rough edges whereas back then it was like part of the joy is like i know this game in and out like i'm I, i've spent you know uh, you can beat this game in five hours but i've spent 60 hours playing it and look how you know, i know all these levels like the back of my hand and it was just a different time a different philosophy i think um but you know, it does make it, it is a frustration for modern audiences that if you were to play it now, I don't think it's like game breaking or like it's going to completely turn you off. But this game still has plenty of 
wonderful, I mean, I satisfying. I had people in my chat who said, like, I tried this game and stopped because it got really? too frustrating. Yeah. So, like, I think that is a I thing this game is... where, like, people who play this who don't, like, come to it with nostalgia play it and run into those frustrating parts and go, this sucks. <laughs> you know? I just um, feel like that there's honestly I just feel like you have some fucking casuals in your chat. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? I have the Call realest gamers in the whole internet in my chat. I'm just Don't kidding. Even. I'm just kidding. Your community is wonderful. But um but I, I just feel like that there's I mean, so I, I I it is frustrating. It is inherently frustrating, but I just feel like that if when you compare it to some like NES games and, and mm-hmm. stuff that came before it. There's a lot more bullshit out there to be had. Like, there's just like, yeah, I, I agree with Biggie. It's just like, I mean, it's just the constant, we've talked mm-hmm. about this before, just this evolution of games growing out of, you could say, confusing frustration with challenge, I guess. And, um, I mean, well, just, it, it is definitely you know, there, but like, play the original Mega Man. Like, just play, like, back in my day. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, well, it's just, you know, design philosophy from gaming, you know, when they were moving to home consoles, you had people that were designing arcade games that the goal was to separate you from your quarters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and it just, it took a long time to transition away from Nintendo hard where, um, you know, games weren't frustratingly difficult, but it was also a design tactic that, they kind of kept to make you feel like you were getting better value for your money where it was like, Oh yeah, you bought this game for, you know, the equivalent of $120 today and you beat it in a weekend. You were going to be pissed. Right. Yeah. I mean, it it is, I I do think it's fair to say that it is a flaw. I do think that this game, no offense to your wonderful, competent chatters, but I do feel like that this game um, is not, the frustrations are there. Mm -hmm. It is a flaw. It is ultimately a small percentage of the gameplay. It, it happens rarely enough to where it's not, yeah, and like like game breaking well, or like when it makes it to where like I, again like and I I don't market myself as being a particularly amazing gamer. I think I'm okay. Um, I I do. I'm probably better at platformers than a lot of people. I'm better at platformers than like first person shooters, but. I'm not a god tier gamer. I don't have this game memorized. Like, I, I, besides the first two levels, like I definitely wasn't didn't wasn't playing this game from memory. Yeah, and I got through it in a plane ride. And I'm not like I said. Like I'm not like I am a good control group for being like I'm just kind of okay at games by and large. I mean, I, I can beat some of the hard ones, but it takes me a long time. And this game was not for me so difficult that I had to like, this is bullshit. I have to put it down. Um, yeah. but maybe I am a God tier gamer and I'm just super humble. And I don't know. Well, <laughs> and I mean like, I wouldn't even like <laughs> when you say flaw, like everything that you, every decision you make in a game is going to have trade-offs, right? Like if it's not that frustrating, then like you don't get some of the things where like, it feels really good when you overcome it or you have like the cool speed running stuff that Q was talking about, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, the way that it's frustrating forces you to learn it, but it also does mean that there are going to be people who try it and go, this is too much. Like Dark Souls has the exact same thing. There's people where it's too yeah. frustrating for them. Yeah, that's true. Um, So like, I'm not even saying it's a flaw. I'm just saying it's a trade off in the game in terms of the decisions that they made. I think something that separates this from like uh, other games, maybe 
I guess you could say, is is there's like a light mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel. Like you know you're gonna find a a, a safe barrel or a funky con yeah. thing coming up. You just don't know when it's gonna be. Um you know, and if you die, you get a game over. You're you're back at your previous save. Um, you know, I just I just think of games like Sonic One and Sonic Two, which oh, came yeah. out roughly at the same time. And it's like if you got a game over, you're yeah. back. God forbid, start. yeah. Like and, and good and good luck wanting to like go through the bullshit you just dealt with again because that's kind of like the same thing in Sonic where the, you know you're running real quick, all of a sudden there's some bullshit that happens and you go flying off a cliff or you know there's an enemy that you didn't know was there because you're moving too quick or something. Um, but at least in this game, I feel like you know there's just you know just get through those three four levels yeah. and then mm-hmm. you'll find a safe state or something. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 a little less uh, punishing. Yeah. It is than than at least Sonic. I mean, other games for sure too. But yeah, um, you know, like I said, compared to Sonic, at and least. every oh, and Sonic... successive attempt does get easier because like you've learned the level that you yeah, got yeah exactly before. yeah. One one thing that would frustrate me, and again, this is just kind of like a tongue in cheek. This isn't a flaw, but you Steve brought up like you can see like. like Sometimes it would be, especially in the later worlds, you would see a Funky Kong or see a candy and be like, okay, I'm almost there. And then the game would zig when you should have zagged. It would take you away from it. You son of a bitch! This game (laughs) really likes to play tricks on you sometimes, though. Yeah. Like, do we want to include the final boss fight in the discussion of... the gameplay yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. It, did you all get tricked by that or did you already I, know that it was coming i didn't know it was coming i had forgotten but i when i saw that yeah, all the number me. all the people were like fake people's like wait a minute <laughs> i i like completely bought it and i had people in my chat be like rob stop keep looking and i, I it still fucking <laughs> oh, got <no>. me <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming because I like just my previous stream or whatever. I knew it was coming because I beat the game like three, four times, and uh, you know I was kind of like pretending like, oh, we did it, we beat the game, and then I was like, but did we? Because mm-hmm. it said like the end with a question mark, and then the game started ramping up again, and he immediately killed me. <laughs> oh, I guess so you <laughs> knew it was coming. <laughs> so like I knew it was coming, and he immediately killed me. Like his first hop, he just I jumped guess. right on my head. <laughs> And killed me. It's like, oh, well, I fucking died anyway. Pride goes like, before the fall, cheese. <laughs> For people who haven't played this game, yeah. we should probably explain yes. that when you beat the, when you get to the final boss fight, there is a part of the fight where it makes you think that you have beaten the fight and it starts to roll credits. And then the credits stop and the final boss comes back. And if you're not paying attention, he kills you. Yeah. It's, um, it's a good troll. It's a good yeah. troll. Um, yeah, or if you're just bad, he kills you because yeah. I knew it was coming. Yeah, it took me a few bad. tries to beat him. He was not. He was tough. All the other, I love him. He's a great boss. K. Rule. Yeah, he's awesome. I was. Uh, he was like my most wanted character to, to get into Smash Bros for like so long, and they oh, finally, so they, he Smash. finally added him in Ultimate. I was so happy, and he's great. Yeah, he plays exactly how I want him to play. I kind of felt um, like he was like the only actual hard boss fight in the game, though. Yes, that's what I was about like, to say. The other yeah, boss yeah, bosses yeah, are really easy. Yeah, the boss fights are jokes. Yeah. They're yeah. just, yeah, they're nothing. They're cute. They're was better tough, in two. Though. They fix them in two and three and stuff. I felt like the cannonballs were the hardest thing for mm, me to. Those were tough until I figured yeah. out like rolling past them. Yeah. once they were dropped helped a lot, but those were those were tough. Yeah, yeah, definitely the trickiest timing boss fight in the game. Um, I mean, it's not even it's known for its bosses, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, but they are genuinely jokes compared to the actual levels. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're recycled bosses too, mm-hmm. which is kind of lame. Like the beaver is a recycled yeah. boss. And then yeah, the, that, the that's sure. probably more, you know, uh, limitations on the size of the cartridge. Maybe. That's why a lot of assets get reused is because, mm-hmm. you know, takes up. Yeah, maybe. But they but in two, the bosses are way better. Yeah, I need to play yeah, two. The, Man, this, this game made me want to play two. And I know a lot of people really love it. I'll two. tell you what, two is way harder. Oh, geez. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Two, two like expects you to play one because like. Where one ends, the difficulty begins. Again. Oh, so it's like a, almost like one's a tutorial. Jeez. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's at least I thought so. I don't know. And the other thing is, you can't save scum your way through the game like you could in mm. one. Well, speak for yourself. I will find a way. The other thing I want to talk about, I guess, in terms of gameplay, is 100%ing the game. Yeah. Um, kind of feels. Bad and I, unnecessary. I felt no desire to find those extra barrels. Is there, yeah, a, is there even a reward, just, or is it just like I don't I, think there? I don't is. think there's any special reward or benefit. No, it's and not it's very like fun. you don't even play extra levels. You just got to find all the secret levels, yeah. and it's like the, the secret, the bonus rooms. Not even the secret levels. It's just bonus rooms. Yeah, and it's and kind of like I eh, think 100%ing it is a lot harder than it than Super Mario World was. It, it was, yeah. I still, I'm, at, I'm stuck at like 94% or something and I can't for the life of me figure out how to finish it. Yeah. It's, but there's, there's, there's really no incentive to. Yeah. yeah. There's probably yeah, no like indication I, on like what you're missing either. I think anything. this, the file that I have beaten it on, it says I'm at 47% of the game. Yeah. Um, I think it was like 64 or something. Which is just crazy yeah, that there's that many secrets. Cause I know I stumbled into some by accident. Um, there's like a lot I mean, of, I think like content. every level has at least one. I'm not sure. I can't. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, it, it, there's a ton of them, and there's just no incentive to do it. Yeah. I, I don't think you should go into this game expecting 100%. But some people are driven by that. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about in Bayonetta, about how um, if you're the kind of person that's driven by a higher score or 100%ing, it's there for you if you want it. But um, the core gameplay, I just don't think really begs to be 100%ed because unlike Mario, there's no real reward for it. There's not even like an aesthetic reward. Like yeah. It would have been another thing too for like replayability back in the era when that game was made. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. All right. Any other thoughts about gameplay? No, no, no. Great. Okay. <laughs> Does anybody have anything to say about story? <laughs> I like at the beginning when you walk into the cave and he's like all sad. Where's my bananas? Yeah. And then at the end of the game, they're all there again. That's and the that's, story. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. the plot. <laughs> um, I, no, I think the story was actually great. It was it was really cool to see them on this kind of a game introduce a story, whereas you know Mario kind of has no story. It's just Whoa. princess gone, get princess back. It's banana gone, get banana back. <laughs> it's kind of the same fucking thing. <laughs> no, it's not. He's defending his homeland. Okay, I have thoughts. I don't know if I'll reach quite the depths of Q's conspiracy, <laughs> conspiratorial thinking, but I do think that you might be playing the villain in this game. Like, if you break down the motivations of the Kongs, mm-hmm. first of all, they rule the island, presumably with an iron fist. They've shaped it into the shape of their own <laughs> fucking face. And <laughs> there's no way that's naturally occurring. And then second of all, the motivations for Donkey Kong, he has hoarded the entire 
entirety of this island's banana supply, a, 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 a fruit very rich in both nutrition and calories. And if you look at the enemies of the game, the entire island, save for like your four power-up friends or whatever, are trying to kill you. It's not just <laughs> the Kremlins, it's the Kremlins, it's the beavers, it's the vultures, it's the bees, it's the snakes. The entire island is trying to overthrow Kong. They're trying to stage a populist revolution, but your banana hunger is so insatiable. You are such a greedy, fascist, capitalist ruler that you have to have every banana on this island in order for your the hole in your heart to be even vaguely satisfied. So this whole endeavor is just about Donkey Kong ruling this, the, the ruling over every other species on this island with an iron fist, trying to collect every banana to save his endless void-like hunger. This is a similar to Mario being about industrialism sim and, 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 the, and the pitfalls thereof. This is a game about, about gluttony and about power and about how no matter how hard the common man may struggle against his chains, the oppressor always wins. The Kremlins are the good guys. Donkey Kong is the bad guy. The, the good guys, that's why their leader showed up on a pirate ship, right? Whatever. I mean, so uh, how do you know that's the only... It's, they also built They also built an industrial yeah. factory on the island, too. Oh, oh, how do you know they built it? You don't know. I, I, because it's literally called Kremlock Industries. Okay, fine. Kremlock <laughs> 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 Industries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I may not have figured out all of the holes, but I'm just saying. His name is King K. Rule. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's okay. So, okay, so what? I mean, there's Thomas Paine was named Paine, but he was a great thinker. Just you can't fault a person who know. I don't know his family lineage. I don't know why his name is Cruel. Figgy's the villain. Confirmed. <laughs> the, no, I, I, I think I think there's a case to be made that if Mario is the villain of Mario, I, I'm. I can't believe I'm going to do this for you, Figgy, but I'm going to throw you a bone here because there is in lore, in game, yeah, uh, information that supports you. Uh -oh. Okay, hit me. Hit me. Oh, no. There is an enemy type in the game called Mankey Kong. Yep. Yes. The orangutans. Well, yes. And from the, from the manual, they are quoted as being... <laughs> Kong reject orangutans. <gasps> no. The implication being they've been exiled from the Kong family. Do you see this? Do you see the elitism? Do you see? This is fucking... This, this is... Yeah, this is... We don't know the reason why, though. Yeah, maybe they got rejected for being too evil. No, I, yeah. I, think, I think they stood... Like your creepy uncle. Did, uh, you see this motherfucker no, no, no. chucking barrels at people? I think Come these on. monkeys spoke truth to power and challenged... From the official... The official Nintendo <laughs> player's guide for Donkey Kong Country. Uh -oh. <laughs> Mankey Kong is really mad. Probably because he was never accepted as part of the Kong group. This is... Uh, the Kongs are a fucking elitist at best. At best. 
They are at the very least a clicky high school club. But I, I think you can extrapolate so much further because they clearly rule this island. And so what if they're pirates? Big fucking deal because they're not officially sanctioned ship. Because what, they're not with the East India Company? You're going to fault them? The bullshit. Just because you can't fault them for their mode of transportation. This is... Yeah, I, I think that we have a clear case. Uh, the factory, Look, the factory, well, the Kremlins the factory? are poisoning the island, and they rob, they rob the Kong. They, they, they steal stole from everything. the rich to give to the poor. The Kong hound every oh, banana my. on the island. Snakes yeah, don't who, eat bananas. Who, yeah, Vultures don't eat bananas. bananas. No, Beavers think, well, don't well, eat look, bananas. Yeah, yeah, Look, Rambi, rhinos don't eat bananas, bananas, Revolutions are complicated. So I think what's (laughs) happening is you're seeing different motivations. I think all the, I think, I I think, I don't know why, I think they, I think they stole the bananas to hurt, to hit the Kongs where it hurts. Because I I don't think they need, stole it because they needed them. I think they stole it because they know that that's the currency that Kongs use and their, in their lifeblood. Um, and as far as the factory, okay, I'm not saying that all of the revolutionaries are p- pure white snow. It's a complicated political piece where there are everyone's shades of gray. Just because that they've they've turned to alternative methods of probably producing, I don't know what they make in that factory, but the Kongs clearly have a stranglehold over all the important economies, and I imagine that they oil. use the it's an oil factory. Oh, does it say oil? Am I? Am I? Does it? Say, there's oil barrel. There's some, oil. I don't know. Some real Donkey Kong Elysium vibes going on here with the yeah. shades of gray. <laughs> Donkey are, Kong but, Elysium. So are we? Are we just gonna ignore the fact that uh, Cranky Kong, aka Donkey Kong Senior, kidnapped a woman in cold blood for no reason? Exactly. Donkey Kong was traditionally <laughs> the villain. It's traditional. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Sees. Zach's the wool has been pulled from Zach's eyes clearly, and he's seeing things. He's things as like, they are. are. We, we're just going to ignore that that they they made generational wealth by uh, ransoming a woman. Okay, let yeah, me head, exactly. let me head cannon a little bit here. Okay, after his kidnapping, after Cranky Kong kidnapped a woman, not good, not great, <laughs> doesn't look good, not a good look. <laughs> Generally frowned upon. The, the world of Mario did what Britain did at one point in time and shipped their criminals to another island. Congo Bongo is the Australia (laughs) of the Mario world, but Australians are not evil. They are good people. No, but a warlord who rules Australia is, would be evil. That's, which is what I think what we have here. But what if he's just a normal Australian who is defending his home from pirates? No, if he's an, a normal Australian who's hoarded all of the Vegemite on the island, I think that there might be a case to be made that he might be evil. Uh, or she, or whatever. Like, <laughs> How do you know he doesn't distribute those bananas? You don't see him anywhere else. Hoard. You don't see him... I think the implication. Okay, you walk into it, and it does not say the 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 People's Repu- Bank of bananas. It says the Kong's <laughs> banana hoard. It doesn't say they're hoard. They're literally hoarding the bananas. It says it on the title of the uh, when I, you walk in there. I will say this in Figgy's defense. Now this comes from the show. But there is an episode where Donkey Kong gets accused of a crime because a banana peel is left at the scene. And he is not only the only one who he's the only Kong who even eats bananas. All the bananas are for Donkey Kong. Perhaps Kong is like a Kim Jong Il kind of character, or Kim, which one are we? Are we on Un or Il? I don't know. Where he's made himself. I can't believe I'm hearing He's this. made himself like a Lord Emperor, and even the other Kongs are afraid of him. 
Maybe that's why you never see him again. Maybe that's why in the future sequels, it, they've gotten rid of Kong. They mm-hmm. finally... I'm just saying that I don't... No, in the second one, he's captured, and you gotta go save him. Oh, do you... And, yeah, he's kidnapped by K. Rool. I'm just again. saying he never shows yeah. up in any of the other adventures until um, Tropic I just want to hear what bad thing you have to say about Rambi. Okay, I dare you. Okay, go shit Look, on Rambi because he's adorable. Yeah, you've been fooled, comrade. The the Rambi is <laughs> Rambi is adorable, and he just uses propaganda. I'm not saying the Kongs don't have allies. I'm saying they have fucking four allies out of the whole island, or however many power ups there are. Um. And I, I think I think you you clearly you're you're genociding the entire island for your goals of massive banana domination. And I'm I, I just, so what we're saying is that Donkey Kong himself is an is a nationalistic ethnocentric uh, yes fascist leader. Yes, that's what I, that is what I'm saying. I reject this. The song okay. the song says it. He's <laughs> the leader of the bunch. You know him well. We know him well, and he has good in his in his Donkey Kong heart. No, that's just I the have fucking. To believe it. That's more propaganda. That's more propaganda. That's that. That is just their national anthem. That's the national anthem of. Yeah, that Donkey sounds Kong very much country. like a North Korean anthem. Like. Yeah, exactly. They have to sing that under threat of death on their island every morning. All the creatures have to sing the Donkey Kong rap or whatever. <laughs> Just imagine um, every day they wake up. Remember, I'm remembering like having to do the Pledge of Allegiance as a child, but now it's the, yeah. like the DK rap <laughs> the every Kong day. Rap. If we're gonna cite the canon of the DK rap, you did leave <laughs> off the part where um, he's finally back to kick some tail. His coconut gun can fire in spurts. If he shoots you, it's gonna hurt. Well, that's, that's right. There's that's threat just, of violence yeah. in the song. <laughs> He's bigger, he's faster, and stronger too. And don't you fucking he's the forget first it. member of the DK crew. They just wanted yeah. to he warn you about. He puts himself above all others. They just wanted. It is a warning. To you're right. Warn children about how how dangerous guns are. Like They'll the hurt. fucking or no, to, pirates, to, or like he's the fucking boogeyman so coming, coming to kill you if you don't. He has tow the a fucking right line. to defend his castle. Okay. Q, you of all people need to be on board with me for this. You are of all people. I thought I, I thought. Listen, if it's not coming from Q, I don't want to hear <laughs> okay, it. Okay, fine, fine. I'm sorry I've co-opted Q's conspiracy corner. I'm... If Q doesn't think it's a conspiracy, then it's <laughs> okay, not. He's, he's the litmus test, I guess. I just think Vicky's the villain at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's been clear from the jump, if you've been paying attention. That's, I've been unsubtly leaving breadcrumbs that I am the villain. Help us. Yeah. Help us. <laughs> I hate to be the I hate to be the one to tell you this, but uh this was an entire discussion that happened on the internet like five years ago. Oh shoot. Okay, well yeah. uh, let me say with support there is some supporting evidence that uh Donkey Kong is not a not not a hero. Okay, well let me just say I came up with this independently, but it just shows that great minds think alike. Other independent journalists are covering Other it. Other independent journalists who are doing the work. <laughs> so, but I mean, if you look at the gameplay, like let's just stick with stuff that's in the games. Do maybe the bananas being stolen was an inside job because at what point in the game do you do you ever see a Kremlin steal a banana when they're just walking ab- around them? They're minding their the own time. business. They're just—they are not stealing the bananas. They're just there. 
They're just it's literally incidental. pacing back and forth, enjoying the scenery. Then you come yeah, along. Yeah, but the bosses, they're in the they're in the bosses. The but background. are they? Yeah, but they, the, they the stole native, the bananas. The and native gave them fauna to the, to the islands. The, the Kremlings. <laughs> they gave the bananas to the leaders so that they could command their lessers. They gave it to Naughty so he can send all his other little beavers out. And then they gave it to Neki or whatever the hell his name is. And then he sent he sent the crows and birds against the Kongs because they paid him off. The Kremlings are the, they're the fall guy. Yeah, they distributed their horde of bananas across the island. Those Kremlings aren't taking those bananas because those bananas are where they're supposed to be. They're guarding the intended location of the bananas. They're not for consumption anymore. They're decoration. They're war prizes. They're. they're <laughs> To rub in the face of the Kongs, the yep. oppressors. So, but then there's when you when you think about it, there's only two possibilities, and neither one of them are good. Possibility one is all the native animals of Donkey Kong Island stole the bananas and hoarded them for themselves to try to deprive Donkey Kong of his number one resource, independently of the Kremlings, or they reached out to outside aggressors for help in throwing over. A uh, fascist regime. Yeah, no, in the no latter. way, shape, or and like, because you know the the Kremlings did not steal the bananas. The 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 other the did. native well, fauna no, stole I think, the bananas. I think you're spinning it. I think it's more like how the French came and saved us in the American Revolution. I think I I, I think it's they reached out. The the forest creatures are the are the Americans fighting for their independence, and they reached out to the Kremlins, who in this case would be like the French, who came over and basically won the revolution for us. Like it's, um, I I think that I mean history repeats itself, right? I think this is. I want to know what the official nintendo manual says in the lore section on the war section <laughs> um i think yeah, it, for I, me it comes down to this if donkey kong is wrong i don't want to be right okay well, we, know <laughs> we're sports Amen, fascists. we know where you stand Amen, in the brother. oncoming storm <laughs> when the lines have been drawn and we have to choose sides um also, Donkey I, I like Kong how, I like... does have his own page on the villain's wiki. Uh-oh. There you go. He's a villain at heart. He always has been. It runs in his blood. He's a changed well, that, man. We, a changed that's man. Cranky changed Kong, man. though, who's on the villain's wiki, right? Isn't that one the one who uh, became Cranky Kong? They both have their own pages, but that's probably tied to Donkey Kong, like the Mario versus Donkey Kong mm. uh, handheld games. I don't know which Donkey Kong that is. I'm just saying... Y'all are sheeple. Um, not Zach, who's on my side, but the rest of you are sheeple. Um, it's right there. So look, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Yeah. Some people just don't want to see. Um, it's easier to Why is it that the only house that we see is Donkey Kong? The island. Nobody is, else has a house. The island is shaped in the, in his face. Like I think what actually happened is that I think I think that factory probably existed under the donkey kong regime and then when they reclaimed his when they when they took back the island they just rebranded it i mean uh, i have a question can you confirm other people live at this island so you think that the donkey you think they well i mean it's an ecosystem i mean like you would need a whole i mean i see what you're saying they eat bananas no but i mean so you're saying that all of them are imported you're saying they're all no, I'm just Illegal saying aliens. all the people. I, I'm saying there's probably like yeah, yeah. So like the beavers, they were brought in from the pirate ships and the birds and and the the sharks and the fish and all those enemies trying to kill you. 
I suppose that. Could... I mean, maybe Donkey Kong was just there chilling by himself with his buddy Diddy and Cranky and Funky and Candy, and then all of a sudden, all these fucking wacky dudes come over and start causing, start building a factory and polluting the water. And I mean, I... and he's just like, "Get the fuck out of my house, dude!" I mean. You know, there's only one house. Like you said, there's only one house. Well, maybe that's the only one that is this a there criti- is. Is this a criticism of the introduction of non-native species into local ecosystems? Is that what you're saying? Could Here's be. what Could I think be. is is a good a good point to what Steve said. There are like factory levels where you run into like poison gas areas, right? There's like yeah stuff going on. The the beavers, the snakes, they're all fine with it. They've they've come up in this factory environment. They brought it with them. They brought it with them. No, I think I think what that says. Wait, no, I okay. You, you're getting into whole now. You're getting into like biology and physiology. No, and Rob, places. you're an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> stop being ridiculous. Um, let's let's get back to being serious. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've established that I'm right and y'all are wrong. I think we can make the final verdict of the uh, of, if this game is a goat. Um, anything else to say about the story? I like that Cranky Kong gives advice, and then <laughs> that's cute. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's um. Let's make a final verdict. Oh wait, are are we gonna broach the monkey in the room surrounding the the series? I don't know what you're referring to. That um, before we get into our ratings, I think it might be worth just discussing how um, there was like a brief period of time, probably like I would say like 2004 to 2010 ish, where this game was the number one game on every single most overrated games of all time list. Okay, well, Mm. that is bullshit. (laughs) I mean that's just dumb. I mean, I, I, are you aware of like are you aware of this? Like no, um, like I'm there not was aware. an actual yeah, there there it was like an actual thing. Like um, like a lot of retrospective uh, looks at the game were like overwhelmingly negative, but there were also like some really wild rumors that started in video game magazines. Um, like there was one that uh, a rumor um, that's false. So just get that out of the way. It never happened. Um, but that Miyamoto hated Donkey Kong Country so much. And he thought it was such an amateurish uh, video game that he purposely did Yoshi's Island as an attempt to do it better. Um, and that like a contemporary review said that Donkey Kong Country proves gamers will put up with mediocre gameplay if the art is good. Um, but like in 2010, Miyamoto was just like, yeah, none of none of none of this ever happened. He was I was heavily involved and I like the game a lot. Um, but it seems like there's just there's this following in the shadows that's just like, no, f- fuck you for liking things I don't like. How dare you? Yeah, this just sounds like. I mean, fake news propaganda. I, 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 I feel like we shouldn't even entertain 
such slander. I feel like a lot of those listicle articles, too, like take from one another. So you you really only need one person to make a most overrated games of all time list. And then like five different companies are going to publish essentially that same list. But yeah, so I, I, I attribute it to like, if you look at the time frame when all this started happening, it's like 10 years ish after release. And that's when a lot of these uh, pe- a lot of people that played it when they were kids are going to start rejecting things hmm to be cool like it's just very contrarian yeah um I, I th- but it is like it like a bird's eye view it's just it's interesting um you know it's interesting to see like that it was a thing where people were just like no like donkey kong country sucks how dare you like it i yeah i guess I, for I me that- like coming to it as someone who has no had like no nostalgic attachment to it really like I fell in love with this game immediately, so I don't know. Yeah, like I said, my my fiance never played video games as a child. Like they did not own game consoles. Like this was a thing. She didn't really start playing games till she was in her twenties, and she like picked this up and she's like, "Oh my god, I really like this. This is like this is what you played as a child. I feel deprived." <laughs> yeah, I mean, those people are clearly just angry, bitter, or just edgy, te- edgy contrarian, edgelord teenagers. But let's discuss the only ranking that matters in this industry, which is our ranking of if it's a GOAT game or not. Um, Rob, you gave the pitch, so you start. So I've actually gone back and forth on this one a lot. I really, really, really love this game. But I feel like the title of GOAT game, greatest alt of all time, implies like it's the greatest. And since beating this, I've started Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which I feel like is an objectively better version of this game. And I don't know if that's fair to say you can't be a goat because there's a better version of you. But at the same time, there is a better version of this game. I don't think any like if someone said to me, I want to play a Donkey Kong game, I would never direct them to Country Donkey Kong Country, I'd say play Tropical Freeze. Um, so while it it actually kind of hurts me a little bit to say that, because I really, really, really love this game, it set off my love of this series. Um, I don't think I can give it the goat when it isn't like the pinnacle of its thing. I feel like there's a... To, to compare it to like Super Mario World, when I look at 2D Marios, I feel like that one for me is the one. But mm. for Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze is the one. Um, huh. And it's like not even a question for me. It fixes a lot of the problems that I had. It has that same like love and attention to the levels and the art. And it, it it's like the same basic mechanics, but it does so many cool things with them. So, yeah, I don't know. It hurts me to say it, but I don't think I can give it a goat just because <laughs> there's a goatier goat on top of it. But... Tropical Freeze is yeah. very good. Wow. I am shocked. I, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I will not color anybody else's opinion and by talking about Rob's. Um, okay, next up I have Q. Your thoughts on this game, being a goat or not? <sighs> um, I, too, went back and forth on this. Well, I do with every game. It's, it's, it's hard to... It's hard to label something a goat or not. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Heavy is the crown. 
<laughs> the weight on our shoulders is. <laughs> it's true. It really is so much fun. Like it is such a fun game. Um, everything flows really well with it. The the music to the levels, the music flows through the levels really well. Um, the soundtrack alone is probably one of the best video game soundtracks I've ever heard. It's it's phenomenal. It's so good. The music, I mean, the graphics and the music was something quite revolutionary at the time for that console. Like it, it blew everything else out of the water. Um, the visually, I have a hard time talking about the graphics though with it. I mean, as as cool and as amazing as the 3D rendered models were, maybe it's it's the type of realistic direction that in today's age i don't really like it i guess if i think about like the poppy colored and round textures of like super mario world and then i look at donkey kong i don't know if i look at donkey kong and and think wow i love i love the look of this because if you go realistic then it's figgy's about to bite his tongue off (laughs) i can see it (laughs) If you when you go realistic, it's easier to outdate that than than a different type of art direction. I mean, it's amazing, but like I give them credit for the revolutionized like graphics that they put into that game, and the backgrounds are amazing. Um, game's really really fun. As far as mechanics go, like there's so many wild, fun, crazy mechanics. They're not as solid as some of the other platformers, but they're they're really great and super fun. Um, all in all, when I think about Donkey Kong Country, I don't know if it really, as far as a video game goes, really revolutionized with new ideas or anything that crazy, other than maybe some of the barrels and maybe the two minecart levels <clears throat> i don't think i'm gonna give it a go <clears throat> that's great what a great opinion <laughs> I, I don't think i'm gonna give it i mean i thought i would but man i don't know just throwing out so many other things and titles around that time i'm sorry donkey kong i like donkey kong more than i like mario he's one of my favorites as a kid but not a goat. <laughs> what a what an interesting th- what an interesting opinion. Thank you for sharing that, Q. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I have um, Zach. Oh boy! <laughs> no. So these uh, blood pressures rising. <laughs> I don't see how I can take a game that I've played every year for almost thirty years introduce multiple people to and time and time again when i'm looking for something to play i go back to it more so than its sequels and spin-offs even though i will admit that i think donkey kong country 2 is the best game in the franchise but i there's just something about this game that it has a draw is it nostalgia maybe uh, for me, but I've seen new people come to the game time and time again and be like, this is more fun than Super Mario World. This is more fun than Sonic the Hedgehog. Is there a conversation that can be had here? Absolutely. But I cannot, in good faith, say that Donkey Kong Country is anything less than a goat oh, thank God. <laughs> because of what it's done 
you know, being able to look at it as a product of its time and not something that I'm coming to new, like new, it's just, it is so influential on so many levels, but yeah, you know, Donkey Kong Country 2 is, is better, I think, but I would also give that a goat, you know, just because you can have more than one great game in a franchise. Great point. You know, it's, <laughs> they're building upon them, you know, it's building upon itself, you know, and I would say there is no Donkey Kong uh, Tropical Freeze without Donkey Kong Country. Like, the, it's just from a gameplay standpoint, you know, um, it's building upon itself. You're taking good and you're making it better, you know, but just you can start with a really solid base and you can definitely have a game like Donkey Kong Country that is just extremely influential and hits so many things right. Is it perfect? debatable are the hitboxes wonky sure but what wasn't you know that's 1994 you know we did people even really know that a hitbox was a perfect square you know you didn't have the ability to make it as crazy as they can now but uh yeah like i said i think it's a goat and figgy will probably keep me on the christmas card list because of it (laughs) thank you zach what a wonderful fantastic opinion um I won't editorialize. I just um, okay. So I'm gonna go next because um, I d- I'm getting the good edit. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> I will make you look good this episode, Zach. Good boy. Vicky's just, just gonna take all of my audio and pitch it up like five. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, I'll go next um, because I think it's pretty clear that uh, Steve is actually gonna probably be the tiebreaker. Um, yes, I believe this game is a goat. I think that. Zach brings a wonderful point that you can totally have multiple games in the series be in the GOAT category. I mean, there's multiple Zeldas I would put in the category. There's multiple Marios I put in the categories. There's so many series. Metroids. There's so many iconic series that would be multiples would fall in the the Pantheon. It doesn't need to just be one. And even if it were just one, I think this is a solid entry because it is a little nebulous because do we count precedent or do we just count? total value now uh, i i think this game broke so many just car did such a great job of carving out its own space in the medium specifically with 2d platformers i think that the aesthetic we like we said like even if it's not some i think Hugh said it may not have been his cup of tea aesthetically which i feel like is a bold-faced lie based on what he said earlier, but whatever. I won't. I won't. I, I won't press <laughs> yeah. him on it. But I, I think the aesthetic is one beautiful, two completely unique, and th- and well, okay, just that. Just one, it's beautiful, and two, it's completely unique. I feel like today there's nothing that has really captured that same aesthetic. I think the I, I think the actual platforming um, mechanics are extremely solid. Again, they may be a little bit more slippery than Pixel Perfect Mario, but. I think they're very, very good. I think they're better than most. And I think that, and I think the way they mix up the gameplay keeps you fully engaged. I think there's some frustrating aspects to it, but for me, it was not so unbelievably frustrating that I couldn't get into it. It was enough frustration to keep me engaged, to keep me nervous, to keep me scared, to keep me wanting to play. You know, I I was on the edge of my little airplane seat the entire, the entire time. I think this game delivers. I think it's, stood the test of time i think like zach said you could recommend it to someone now and as evidenced by rob who somehow still didn't give it a go you could give it to someone now who's never played before and they would love it and it would make them want to play the whole series <laughs> i think that's testament to it being a goat but whatever um 
and so, um, yeah, I think this game is a goat. I will give it my stamp of approval. So now we have the tiebreaker. Steve, pressure's on you, bud. What do you think? Well, well, well. <laughs> Calling in favors. Like <laughs> Don't let Figgy bully you, Steve. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say enough of the Donkey Kong Country slander. Yes. This game is by far in a way... Ago, I will go on record and say this is the best Super Nintendo game of Holy all time. Shit. Holy shit. I would even go as far as to say this is the best 2D platformer of all time. Wow. Wow. I think this is light years Ooh. better than any Mario game I've ever played. I've not played Super Mario Bros. 3, which I guess is a very good one. I think the ideas that they bring into this game to keep each level fresh is so cool and they do this with the entire series going forward too um you know you play mario worlds like levels and it's just like oh here's the one where they just you know you're running and you're jumping and blah 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 but like you know like the the donkey kong's like oh now you're in a mine cart now you gotta refuel the little treadmill ramp thing like each level is distinct which is crazy to me I, I love it. I love it to death. The soundtrack is amazing. You cannot compete with the soundtrack. Um, and I just think it's so cool how Donkey Kong prior to this game was just nothing. He was literally just nothing. He was just a, an arcade character. And the way they reimagined him to be, you know, king of the jungle and with the bananas and the iconic music and those the barrel slinging and, you know, Diddy Kong and Cranky Kong and it, the Kremlings and K. Rule and Rambi and everything. All iconic. This game is by far and away a goat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels wow. so good to be right. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's not kidding. He's been texting me the whole time. He's like, so do you got a replacement for Rob? Yeah. <laughs> I get it. No, okay. I get it. I, I appreciate the dissenting opinions, like the Supreme Court. Um, you know, but looks like it's looks like it's a goat. I mean, I I it's I, I it's not my fault um that some of you are just really misguided. Um, <laughs> I do get where Rob's coming from because that's kind of how I felt about I, God of War. When yeah, no, about I, that. I do think I, I, I'm joking, it, but I do think there's it, it's not as solid as some of of a go to some of the other stuff. I think that we've covered. I, I do see the, the cracks in it, but I, I think for me, some of it would even come down to the semantics of what makes it a goat. You know, sure. to me, like goat is greatest, the number one, the on top, and. To me, like, I loved this guy. I really, really, really did love this game. But, like, Tropical Freeze to me just feels like an objectively better game. That's the greatest. It's on top. But if, if we broaden that to just say, like, this is a collection of the greatest games of all sure. time. Like, it's about how you semantically read that word. My I think you're just pissed because Bayonetta didn't make it. I think you're <laughs> just mad. Not, <laughs> you're yeah. just I <laughs> own a Donkey Kong costume. Oh. Are you kidding me? I don't own a Bayonetta costume. <laughs> oh, you Ooh, should. When's that coming? Yeah. You oh, should, yeah. I'd go to that stream. Uh, I might even sub or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
let's wrap it up, guys. Um, dear baby listener, thank you so much for listening and joining us on this uh, exploration of a great game. And now we can say one of the goat games. Um, I've been one of your hosts. My name is Alan Newton. Um, you can find me on uh, twitch.tv figgy underscore oh. Um, I am joined today by again by Rob. Yep, Rob, uh, Super Captain Rob on Twitch and Twitter and YouTube. And um, yeah, I stream Tuesdays, Thursdays, five thirty Central Standard Time, and Saturdays, three o'clock Central Standard Time. I'd love to see if you want to come by and hang out. Excellent, and uh, also Steve. Yep, I'm Steve. Steve for cheese on Twitch. Uh, I'm probably gonna go lay down and not die of COVID. <laughs> Thank you, Steve, for powering yeah, through. That's, that's very big of you. No, I, 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 I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to miss it at all. Yeah, um, especially this game. Like I said, yeah, no, I, it was so great having you here as always, and um, joined today by Q as well. Yo, I'm Q, aka Rat, aka Rat Parade. I'm starting to stream a little bit more again, getting back into my bread and butter, which is GTA roleplay. So you can catch me on Twitch at rat underscore parade, and I'll probably ignore you in chat, but sit down for a fun time. <laughs> what a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're all starting to stream. Right? Rob's been consistent, but I'm, I've, uh, I'm probably going to stream again tonight. If not tonight, then nice. tomorrow. Um, or, or, or the next time. I'm probably going to stream tonight. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that. Um, and uh, we're joined today by Zach. Yeah. Um... Like I said, I'm addicted to WoW. I've already logged back into the game, and the, while we're still recording the episode, please send help or <laughs> snacks. I'm very hungry. Stream it, stream it, coward. Stream it. I mean, oh I, I, I know you said like a couple episodes ago, it's your game or whatever. Yeah, like, I mean, I own, thought like, about it. Time. Just, Fuck off. Stream, stream it. it. Uh, I do have my two year yeah. stream anniversary coming up in four days from the day we're recording. So. Oh, oh yeah! You should come in hot with. Wow. It's like the one day of the um, year that I'll stream, and then people donate like two hundred dollars, <laughs> and it fucks up my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna. I could dive into like what that means about your income, but anyway. Um, and then okay. Anyway, thank you guys for being here, and. What I'm going to start doing is we have socials. Check them in. They'll be in the episode show notes because I always end up forgetting one or two. Um, I will say at this time, do please rate, review, follow, um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Rate If you enjoyed the podcast, leave a review in five stars. If you did not enjoy the podcast, then lie. It's for a good cause. You can find all of our socials in the show notes. We have a YouTube. We have Twitter. We have all the other things. Um, we would love to hear from you. Please do engage with us in some way. We're all very, very lonely people. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, okay. I think, oh, next month. We are recording and we are going over Resident Evil 2 Remake in honor of the Resident 4 Remake. Resident Evil 4 Remake. So be sure to watch out for that. And guys, I might be premature saying this, but I think we're going to try and start also releasing a mid-month episode as well. It won't be about a game. It'll kind of just be us shooting the shit. It'll be us kind of maybe discussing gaming news, gaming topics, maybe just talking and having fun. So maybe the main core episodes won't be three hours long. <laughs> um, <laughs> now there's anything wrong with that, but um, so be on the lookout for that. Maybe listener, maybe getting a little, a uh, few extra episodes in your feed. Um, click on those, listen to them internalize them share them with your friends your family your enemies everybody okay that's it so till next time baby listener g g
Um, um, well, anything else happen? Anybody? I have been gone for a long time in the <clears throat> in the mountains of Patagonia, which is not me being silly. Listener, if this makes it in, I was actually in South America for eleven days. So I saw pictures. You and your zany yeah. adventures. That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's a, it was a pretty standard. I mean, like it was a very. It wasn't that zany. Like it was very like I, I there were a lot of other tourists where where I was going, but yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um I talked about this on stream, but I blew out my knee on day one. The Ooh, uh, amount of hubris to think that I could sit on my ass podcasting and streaming for a full year and then just go do like oh yeah, I'll just go like hop up Patagonia. <laughs> and then I um <laughs> Yeah, I blew out my knee day one. I was being passed easily by, like, 70-year-olds. People were, like, stopping on the trail because I looked so pathetic and hobbled. And they were like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Do you need meds? <laughs> Do you need me to, like... And I was like, no, I'm fine. And I, like, as I limped across the, the mountains and into the valleys, it was a rough experience. But I overcame... And I saw beautiful vistas. Uh, um, so, did anyone else do anything interesting while I was maiming myself? I was also in the mountains, but the mountains of Utah. Oh yeah, how was um, how was the uh, Salty Lake? I don't know. I didn't get to see it. I was there for a work trip, so most of my time was spent uh, in hotels or at um, partnered businesses that my job works with. But um, the drives to and from were beautiful. Like it literally felt like you were in a bowl, like surrounded by mountains everywhere you looked. Yeah, the Western U.S., like Utah, uh, Colorado, it's ridiculous. It's like living in a Thomas Kincaid painting, which is probably a reference that no one here is going to get. But no. if you grew up, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. I, I also got Pass severely me. injured when I was out there. I don't know if you can see my... Oh, my God. Oh, yes. That's visible. Jeez. Yeah. Zach just held up what looks like a zombie bite oh on his God. arm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it looks like a chunk's been taken out. Yeah. What happened? Uh, so they thought a great idea to do some team building would be this stuff called archery tag. I don't know if any of you've ever heard of it, but it is, is that just <laughs> shooting people with bows and arrows. Yes, yeah, you right? just the string snap your forearm. So yes, I did. Oh no, uh, <laughs> rookie mistake. <laughs> so the best part was they gave us these little like forearm guards where it's like wear this and you'll be fine. I had the damn thing on. Damn. Oh, wow. And so if it was off, your arm would have been gone. Yeah. No, I would I would have been sitting here and I've been like, guys, yeah, I went to the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> no arm, just completely lopped Ooh. off. But Yeah, that no, doesn't I, feel good. No, well, it went the whole way across my chest and then into my arm. Oh, and I was just it like shaved I, off your titty. I I am I have one nipple. Oh yeah, it's true. No. I can see it. Yep. Zach's always shirtless when we record. I can see his yep. uninip, uh, mono nip. We just call uh, him Carl. Situation. He's always winking at me. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um. I'm sorry, Zach. Uh, so it was like a full. Was it a? I assume it was like a compound bow. Like no, the, no, no. It was like a kid's toy. But I was like, man, if this would have been. Oh the wow, you got fucked up from that kid's toy. Yeah. <laughs> no, like. Uh, uh, I hate to see what a speaking spell would do to you. <laughs> God, 
I'd maybe learn how to speak or spell, but um, no, nah, it was just like it wasn't like a compound bow. If it was a compound bow, legitimately, probably you, people would lose fingers like doing stupid yeah. shit because like it's paintball meets dodgeball with bow and arrow. So you're running around like you're trying to duck oh. and weave. So like it's like there it incorporates this element of like because, um, you know, I shot archery since I was like five, and, but I'm used to standing still. And um, so when we did our warm ups, I'm like hitting the targets and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. And then I had to start running around and I was like, oh, my God. And it was so like it was very tiring. Like after one three minute round, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. This is horrible. But I am. It sounds like. Go ahead. Uh, But I am happy to say that I am the undefeated company 2023 archery tag champion. Never lost. Never lost. They would not make no. me a plaque or no shirt. No one else wants to clap? Nah, it's not. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> Everyone else is like unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not so, that they were unimpressed. It's like they expected nothing less. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Damn, dude. Man, I, one thing I'm always struck by with you is your humility. It's really inspiring. <laughs> um, so it sounds like what you did was like analog laser tag. It yeah. sounds like what you did was like... So I... So maybe you felt the um, the flame awaken in you the way I felt the flame awaken in me when I did laser tag last oh, month. Yeah. I don't know. If, <laughs> I mean, um, now I just want to hunt people, so I don't know. Yeah, that's what it is. I people. mean, that's what all sport. <laughs> right? That's what paintball, uh, laser tag, um, uh, retro laser tag, which is what you were playing, and really <laughs> most sports are really just satisfying the inherent bloodlust we have deep inside that we're not, you know, allowed to act upon. So I just want to kill. Yeah. <laughs> I thirst for yeah, blood. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They drew first blood or first paint if it's paintball. Okay. Um, uh, that's probably enough for a cold open in there somewhere. Um, anybody have anything else they want to talk about? Anything else they, that they did? Saw, streamed, smelled, f- uh, touched. I can't remember anything I've done in the past like two weeks. No exciting cardboard block boxes that you've blown into and produce interesting (laughs) sounds. I found a creative way to um, get around HR policy about using um, the corporate credit card to buy alcohol. Oh. Okay, yeah, go ahead. um, uh, Is that something more (laughs) So, um, record this for posterity so you can be fired. (laughs) No, I got it signed off on. It's fine. Um, So, company policy is if you. Go to a team dinner. Um, you can order one adult beverage. They put no okay. stipulations on what it can be, and they also put or no stipulations or the size. So I, in my infinite wisdom, thought, well, what if I just order a pitcher of beer? And, nice. Uh, so just pitcher shows up. So, you know, somebody high enough up looks over. Did you order a pitcher of beer? Sure did. Uh, and they go, okay, it counts as one, but you can't pour it in a glass. If you pour it in a glass, <laughs> it's multiple drinks. <laughs> so I pick up the pitcher and just start drinking straight from the pitcher. Classy. Wait. Not a problem for, at all. Nope. nope. Waitress <laughs> comes by. She goes, I, I thought that was for the table. I was like, nope. 
One drink policy. You don't know who you're dealing with. (laughs) (laughs) You guzzle. You know, and then, you know, and this wasn't like Bud Light. Like, I ordered a craft porter. You know, like, this is. Hell yeah. Like, you know, we're talking blacker than night beer. And I'm just, (laughs) you know, drinking away. And, you know, by the time I finish it, like, half the people I work with are just like, we don't know if we're disappointed. We don't know if we're impressed. (laughs) I I have so many emotions. Either way, we're staging an intervention. Yeah. You know, you can take that a step further and just get, like, you know, the giant wine bottles, like uh, the Nebuchadnezzar size wine bottles. It's like 20 liters. Technically, maybe a a straw in it, just put it in a wheelbarrow. It's a thousand dollars. It's 20 liters, but it is one drink. So, (laughs) one drink. Checkmate, corporate America. Um, Okay. I, I know it's ridiculous. I have to pee again. I don't know why I pee so much on these recordings. I think it's because I'm always perpetually nervous. I know that's annoying. When I come back, we'll start gameplay. I'll be very fast. You don't even have I don't a viewer making me. you chug full beverages right now. I know. I, well, the thing is, I go longer on stream without peeing than here. I don't know what it is. Like, uh, And Zach actually mentioned in real life when we met up, I didn't. It's. it's I don't know. I, I think it's just nerves. I think it's just nerves. Or maybe I have a giant prostate. Maybe it's just I don't know. Zach. Yeah, no, maybe it's just I'm just I've got the iron bladder, you know. Yes. All right, I'll be right back. I will not take long and then we'll start we'll jump into gameplay. Um all right, bye. Uh, all right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Welcome back. That'll that should it's time so you good it should time you over for another you. like five minutes or t- or so before I have to pee again. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing like pro gamer basement dweller. Pee bottles. Did you see? Yeah. Did you? Like, well, no. Did you see the? Did you see the thing I linked in the chat? That's all you need. Oh no! Hold on. Is it? If it's a urinary elimination system, trust me, I'm an expert. Um, <laughs> because of my job, not because of like my life. I'm just concerned because, oh, like, how are we gonna win this car at the mall where you have to hold your hands on it for the longest if you have to keep peeing this much? We're That's nev- when you tag me in, Rob. Okay. All right. <laughs> Figure yeah. out. Zach um, is in. I'll just pee my yeah, pants. Exactly. I mean, if, it, if, if it's to he's win got the a... ship bucket already. <laughs> yeah. Pop a pot. Oh, I see you pooping that, and then like, okay, I get it. Um, um, well, if there was a car involved, I would. Well, if there was winning a car involved, I would literally just pee myself, like in front of the car, and then I would, whoever was like running the competition, I'd stare them in the eyes and be like, "This is your fault." This is um, what you've done. This is what you've done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Whenever Hugh's done taking a dookie, we'll <laughs> jump right back into it. <sighs> From someone on the outside looking in, the only time I hear about professional athletes is when they're doing something horrible, like throwing sure. a couch on a toddler. Um, yeah. So, um, but, you know, I, I know that there's takes all kinds of people. Um, so I, I will probably take out, I, I feel like I, I went a little too hard. I don't know if I'll, nah, I don't think you went, enough, I don't think you went no, hard. You're good. No. Like you're all like, oh, didn't go gonna, hard enough. You didn't go hard enough. No. Cause you I got did, like, I did trash dentists last episode. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I feel like if dentists <laughs> can get, can get fucking annihilated, these, these million dollar athletes can take the heat. Um, <laughs> look, you know, big, big, big tooth is deliberately trying to keep dentistry off of your health care they're assholes it's true it's true um okay your mouth bones don't count as health care come on 
Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a racket. I tell you, it's a racket. I'm 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 gonna I'm not gonna go after dentist again because this will just become a dentist. Full disclosure, I have nothing against dentists. IRL. No <laughs> dentists were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, so, okay. And that was that was weird. I don't know. Okay, let's just get back on track. Um, 